of Dark Insight. It is, is Friday the 17th of March 2017 and it is episode 50 so you all know what that means. That means in, in about five to seven episodes time the podcast is actually going to go out and buy a Porsche and it's going to marry a, a lady who is actually half its age and it's going to start listening to Bon Jovi and it's going to basically go through a midlife crisis. So, you know, with that um, stellar introduction, I am your host of this episode, Josh Crow, and I am joined today by my good friend from New Zealand, Charles Turner. How are you doing today, sir? Good, thank you. Yes, we're over the hill now. Yes, we are. Very much indeed, so it's all downhill from here. <laughs> Um, and joining us for this uh, very special episode is a guest who we've not had on before but um, having just chatted to him before we started recording he's a very pleasant gentleman and um, yeah uh, I think you you should have already heard his episode on um, of Don't Give Up Skeleton so if you haven't then I advise you to go and check that out but it's uh, it's a friend of the show Suvesh aka a Mystic Referee from Twitter how are you doing? I'm doing fine thank you good uh, good good yes I'm um, just an internet dude that I was just browsing Twitter this morning at work and I just saw that you guys were looking for a guest and uh, yeah I was just telling Josh earlier you guys take really good care of your fans um, wow that's I'm really really, uh, really really honored to be on the 50th episode oh that's that's really humbling to know so we, we certainly uh, do our best to cater to the fans really so quickly really though nice. you were just talking about podcast years and don't give up skeleton must be like the father of time. <laughs> it's yeah, like it's... how how many years old is it now? Uh, I think it's up to like sixty five ish. Yeah, oh, true. Okay, I've, true. Feels like thousands of years. It's great, but <laughs> well, it... man, that guy! Wow. It stands out. He really does. He really does. I mean, that's probably why he's not joining us today. It's because you know he's off busy recording seventeen thousand other podcasts. So but you know maybe one day he might actually turn up so <laughs> um well with that i guess we should move on to the traditional uh weather report i don't think i don't think you actually did one last time i did make a point of making a note of it in my head that you didn't actually do a weather report last episode so i was i was very disappointed so we're gonna have to make up for it I now was, <laughs> i wasn't there it was, it was cliff and jeremy last week so uh, <sighs> you, guys, you guys you guys <laughs> Right then. So if, if I get storms and earthquakes and fires and floods again, it's it's we're going to blame Cliff and Jeremy because last time we didn't do it. <laughs> they angered the gods. <laughs> yes. um, so we've actually uh, it's funny we have now entered autumn down here in Little Old New Zealand, and we had a terribly cold day, and then we've had the warmest days we've had all summer uh, the rest of the week. So we've had cracker days the last three days, um, sweltering heats. And beautiful, calm uh, days. Because you, everyone knows that Chicago is the windy city. Wellington is also the sister city of Chicago. Uh, we have, it's usually very windy. Uh, it's, it's very rare to have a day without wind. And we've had three of them. Mm. <laughs> um, and as we enter, enter into autumn. So it's, it's been good. Mm. 
But it's funny you say that because we've had quite a, a windy week this week over here as well. It's been kind of, I don't know, it's not really made its mind up as to what he wanted to do this week. It's been kind of rainy, but it's also been kind of sunny. But it's been pretty consistently windy throughout the whole week. So I guess we are just tied with you guys on that one. But uh, but um, Savesh, what's it like for you? Well, I'm I'm on the northeast uh, coast of the United States. I live in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and you know, it's been winter here for a while, kind of a mild <laughs> winter, I'd say, you know, we've had worse winters, like I'm sure you've heard of Boston snow or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Northeast snow here. Uh, it's kind of thawing now, like, you know, it's springtime, you know, there's always like every two weeks there's a snowstorm and someone goes, oh, this is the worst snowstorm ever. And it's a, it's a slushy nightmare that just you know, goes away. It's, it's, it's not been the worst winter in, in, in any, in any way, but. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's spring. You know, it's kind of getting warm. Things are looking up. Hmm. Uh, nice. Result is great. Vader, by the way, I did know that Wellington was a super windy city because I, I don't know if you guys know this from my Twitter account, but I'm a huge cricket fan. And oh, uh, good man, nice, good man. Uh, yeah. So, well, I just realized that you know you guys are from like the UK and New Zealand and. I, I don't know if you guys are into cricket, but that's that's a very <laughs> no, yeah, not as much as I used yeah. to be because of mm. time. But um, yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's the New Zealand South Africa Test match happening right now in Wellington. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. kind of going topsy turvy. We'll see how it turns out. But yeah, like the fast bowling pitches in New Zealand, Wellington, they're pretty awesome. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. I, I I like I prefer one day cricket. I don't have time for five days because they all end <laughs> oh. up in draws. I always have time for five day cricket. I stay up all night for that shit. <laughs> you must be the the uh, only person I've ever spoken to who stays up all night just to watch cricket. Oh, That's insane. Man, you you don't know us cricket nerds, dude. It's it's, uh, <laughs> it's crazy. I've heard some and... things like people staying up all night to watch E3 or Evo or something, but cricket is yeah. that's some serious dedication. No, no. Oh yeah, I'm a test cricket fanatic. Like I'm like crazy about statistics and all that shit as well. So yeah, good uh, man. <laughs> yeah, when so I was younger, yeah, there's I a big community though. One day cricket I mean, and watch it through the night, but yeah. Hmm. But that's yeah. when I was younger. I used to play. I used to play. My my record for bowling was six wickets for thirty runs. But sweet, wow, not bad. So I'm a... primarily a batsman. I'm from India originally, so you know cricket's yes. in our blood. Mm. Yes, it soccer is. Yeah, Brazil, definitely. You know? So yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's something I grew up with, and it just permeates my life. So it's yeah. Yep. I haven't been to India, but my brother has, and he said it was just like kind of like went for a walk, and there was just some like kids playing cricket and like in a field, and he just like joined yeah. in playing cricket with them. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah it's pretty cool. Um, it's awesome. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, sorry no, all our American listeners have no clue what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, I was no, just no, going to say, like, like <laughs> another thing Americans have no clue about is like, I've just realized we're all like the metric brigade finally, you know? Yes. No yes, Jeremy metric. or anyone else to say water kilometers when it's the most sensible unit of measurement <laughs> exactly <laughs> um, oh, man. good metric system all the way yeah, yeah so the, my... that's a good title for the episode metric brigade only five minutes in and we've got that nailed already <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we can top it <laughs> yeah, totally Totally. Well then, I think we should um, move on to the news and see we've got quite a, well, I don't know, there's smattering of news items here, so I think um, 
Vader, you added just before we started uh, something about Horizon Zero Dawn. It was it selling 2.6 million copies? Yes, I got an email from Sony. Uh, and yeah, they've um, yeah, 2.6 million, and it's the best selling new IP for Sony. Mm. Which is, it's exciting for them. Uh, it's mm. always exciting to see a new IP be successful and, and see where that series can go. Mm. It's a shame it seems to have knocked Bloodborne down a peg. Um, yeah. yeah. It's it's still very cool. Yeah, but that's a title that Bloodborne couldn't hold forever, I suppose. So you know, and Although people tend to moan about sort of Sony not really having too much in terms of exclusives, they have been kind of knocking out of the park recently with exclusive oh, titles yeah. and, and whatnot. So... I mean, the, uh, yeah, especially when you compare it to what Microsoft have been releasing in terms of just exclu- exclusive <laughs> cancellations. That, that's very true. But obviously, Microsoft are a bit different because they're tied to the the whole Windows Store thing as well. So you know, they've kind of got a bit of a I don't know, like a, a, a double standard thing going on over there. But so just Sony are absolutely just killing it at the moment. Yeah, they're doing really well, um, and they they tend to be exclusives that appeal to me more. Um, I'm keeping my Xbox. I guess I'm going to get Sea of Thieves just so an excuse to turn the thing on. Um, <laughs> yeah, an excuse. It's is a needed. shame because, like, yeah, exactly. I, I was excited to get it and I was happy to get it just so I could get into um, exclusives that I usually wouldn't play. Mm. But really, they've, they've let me down in a big way just with all these cancellations they keep having. I haven't seen anything exclusive for a while. Um, mm. Yeah, then even when you do tend to get an exclusive on the Xbox, it's not really. You don't really tend to get the massive fanfare that you get around the Sony titles. Um, I, mean, I can't remember anyone really sort of banging the drum for uh, Gears of War Four when that came out. So you know, it's just people don't seem to really get on board with the Microsoft exclusives for some reason. Um, Sony just seems to be, I don't know, just absolutely killing it with the. The licenses that they're signing up and and the deals that they're they're pulling in, so fair play to them for that one. And two point six million yeah. is is a pretty considering it's been what three weeks or so now since it came out. Some of that must be two, yeah, about, yeah, about two weeks I guess. Um, so yeah, and uh, they're absolutely just killing it at the moment. Yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah, what, what do you guys no, no, think? Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn like I I was really into it like when the trailers came out but um, well I guess you know I've been busy with Zelda 2 but uh, just some, somehow it seems pretty generic to me like with including a title but I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys have better opinions about that game I'm kind of similar with you I was excited about look like I love the look of it and the setting and the aesthetic um, the main character looks awesome um, mm. I like bows and arrows um, but so yeah. does everyone else apparently <laughs> they really did that promo video like super well like it, it looks super yeah, good but like sure. you know when I watch mm. the gameplay videos it just it just seems like any other kind of like triple A title um, and open world and that yeah, title and... man like you can like exchange any of those words like <laughs> Dawn True. Zero Horizon mm. <laughs> yeah I, I will yeah, say it's not true. yeah it's not the most um sort of appealing title but I'll, I'll save my main opinions on it for when we get to, to what we've been playing yeah, yeah, yeah sure. definitely yeah I, I hope it's good I, i'd like to give it a try mm. um, yeah definitely but, but I mean, on that, that playstation um talking about xbox and the pc thing apparently you can play playstation 4 games on the pc now on the pc oh. really yeah well, I, I just saw an article about it the other day, and I'm trying to find something. Uh, they are being added is the uh, PlayStation Now is a video game yeah. streaming service. 
I think it's through the PlayStation Now thing. Yeah, I know they're they're adding PlayStation Four games to PlayStation Now, um, which I think is to kind of combat the Xbox One Game Pass that they're doing. Um, but obviously, the difference between Game Pass and PlayStation Now is Game Pass will actually let you download games to your hard drive uh, and play them that way. Whereas, yeah, PlayStation Now is just a streaming service. But it was just interesting to see because it's it's tiny little things like that where you can see where the competition is still kind of heated, you know, because nothing, I don't really think there was anything that provoked Microsoft to announce the Game Pass. But obviously it was them announcing that that kind of provoked Sony to say, well, we're going to bring PlayStation 4 games to PlayStation Now, um, which is a service that's kind of just been dying, really, and not not doing anything. I tried it out once, and the amount of time that it took for the game to actually load because it was only streaming it, uh, was just too much for me to actually warrant keeping it, so I didn't bother in the end. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. It's interesting, though, to be able to let the guy in the PC route, even if it is just streaming for at this point. Mm. It's a yeah, it's a step to allow more people to play Bloodborne. So that's a yeah, good thing. I've, I heard a lot of people <laughs> being excited about that, playing Bloodborne on mm. PC. I don't know how this works, too. Like, uh, I wonder if they can unlock anything now that it runs on PC and... Uh, maybe not because it's just probably just streaming. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I haven't got a clue. I mean, so they haven't really gone into that much detail. It's basically just saying that's what they intend to do. Um, so I don't really see that many people going for it. But you know, it's good to see that uh-huh. you know, they're kind of they're paying attention to to what the competition is is doing and to try and meet that in their own personal way. But yeah. Is yeah, it, for sure. Yeah, it doesn't really face them. always good. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, the next item on the list, I just wanted to give a, a shout out to uh, a listener. I believe um, it's uh, the at Gingerman87 on Twitter. I had to emphasize that because the Ger is actually emphasized, it's in capitals. So, um, <laughs> But he's um, recently started listening to the show. Um, and I've been sort of chatting with him back and forth on Twitter, and he's he's a really nice guy, and he's just started up a uh, just a, a gaming blog where I think he's just talking about sort of certain ideas or certain topics that come to his mind, and and he just decides to sort of blog about them. So you can um, check it out at um, the Gamer Daddy Clark. That's Clark with an E on the end. Dot Um So if you guys just want to go over there check that out show him some love and um, sort of follow him on Twitter if you want and he's always up for chatting about games and whatnot so you know, he's, he's one of us basically he's one of us just wanted to give him a quick shout out and because um, he said he was going to do the same for us he said he was going to do the same for us and um, one of his posts as well so yeah he's, he's cool. a good dude just wanted to give him some love um, yeah so now we've got something about the Dark Souls 3 DLC which I will leave you chaps to talk about because it doesn't really bother me if I'm honest <laughs> So. how rude this comes out very soon doesn't it yeah it comes out in two weeks and I and I brought it, brought this up actually as something I want to talk about and mm. and that's exactly the reason because just way too many people now are you know I think overall I think it's fair to say that Dark Souls 3 is generally being received pretty negatively by everyone mm-hmm. you know including like you know even the PvP people which usually they're the people that keep the longevity going, right? Like, you know, they're the ones that are going to be playing that game for four or five years. Um, and even there, I think people are just pretty tired of, like, the mechanics now. Um, um, but, you know, 
I just really think that it's, you know, I've stopped, stopped kind of viewing the games through the eyes of the community so much. Um, you know, it's, it's almost feels like it's a saturation point too. And it's the end of Dark Souls. I, I think it's the end of Dark Souls anyway. So, you know, it's, it's all coming to a head now. And, you know, there's just been so much about this, uh, you know, the community and the YouTube videos and the, the podcasts and the books and the articles about the series. And it's, it just feels like, um, you know, viewing it through the eyes of the community so much. And it, instead of that, like kind of taking these games on their own terms, uh, I've been trying to do that. And I, I really appreciate Dark Souls 3 for doing some pretty good things, I think. I think the stories it tries to tell are are pretty good. They're not, they could have been better fleshed out. I think you should have spent more time doing that instead of, you know, what people call fan service, you know. But um, I think I'm ready to give it another chance. You know, I, overall, I'm not as negative on it as most people. And uh, what I've seen of the upcoming DLC uh, looks pretty awesome, actually. Um, I've, I've been hearing rumors that it's as big as the old Hunters. Um, you know, I don't want to, you know, I've, I've been spoiled in a few things. And I, I usually don't care about this stuff. But um, uh, so I've been spoiled. I don't want to talk too much about it. But it, it kind of feels like it's going to be much longer. And like the complaints people have had about the other DLC, um, about it being too short, may not apply here. So. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm definitely looking forward to it for sure. Yeah. And I think if it if it, my real hope is that it kind of expands on the story it's trying to tell a little more, gives it a little more flavor, gives it a little more um, of its own identity in a way, you know. And all of the DLCs for the Souls games have done that, I think, so far. Like, if you like, I've made, I've kind of talked about it before as like, um, you know, the the main game kind of tells you a language and the DLC comes across and tells you a story written in that language. Like Bloodborne, like we were familiar with the main game, but when the old hunters came out, it recontextualized like what that game means with the lore and the weapons and that DLC and everything. And uh, I don't think the first Dark Souls 3 DLC did that. And I hope this DLC kind of, you know, makes sure the game kind of ends on a, you know, good note. Um, I think the series deserves that too. You know, it's, People have spent a lot, you know, a lot of their time and effort into discussing the series and, you know, making their lives off of it too in some cases. And, um, you know, it, it's, I, I'm going into it with, you know, full optimism and I'm definitely going to give it, um, you know, the best, the best chance I can. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it as well. I'm, I'm, what you said is how I feel about about it um i tend to avoid watching any of the trailers because i want to go in as blind as possible and so i know nothing about it except it's called the ring city um hmm. but yeah i think i agree with you uh, i think the community itself has kind of harmed the feel of dark souls 3 more than dark souls 3 has harmed itself <laughs> hmm. just because we're as you say we're, we're so the community so burnt out um and we've had these games in such quick succession and yeah uh, I think people just got tired uh, more so than the game being bad because uh, it is a fantastic game and yeah it's cool I'm looking forward to the DLC mm. comes yeah. out in two weeks yeah so th I think with Dark Souls 3 it's it's not just the fact that it's it's a bad game because it really isn't a bad game I think it's just because it's it's a FromSoft game we know what they're capable of and I think it was just it didn't quite meet the expectation 
but then it was kind of really destined to fail considering how it came out so quickly after Bloodborne. Um, you know, you think it was only about a year's difference between the two, so it's to be expected, but I am kind of wondering if this DLC is going to be a kind of a, a subtle sort of farewell to the series because we don't actually know exactly what it is they're doing um, at the moment. So obviously they've got certain projects announced, but they haven't really specified what those projects are. Um, so it is going to be interesting to see if people get that impression if it's just kind of, uh, yeah, you can tell that they're done with this franchise now. Um, but uh, that'll be for, for other people to decide because I will not be playing it for a little while because I've just got, frankly, <laughs> too many other games to play right now. So, And too many other games coming out to play. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Dark Souls 3 is good. It's good. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. It's totally good, yeah. Um, I think the only other thing on the news is just a quick reminder that the competition is still open. Have we decided when the competition is actually ending yet? I think. I, I think this is the last week. I think yeah. deadlines this Wednesday. Right. Uh, so this will be released around the eighteenth, nineteenth of March. Uh, should be. Uh, yeah, the nineteenth or seventeenth now. So yeah, it should be nineteenth. Should be out on the Sunday. Yeah. So. So I think it's like the twenty second is the will be the twenty second twenty third will be the final day. So please mm. get some more entries in because they've been fantastic. So they far. have, yeah, and, they really have. <laughs> and I've I've been having a works of pain at the moment, and so seeing these posted during the day while I'm at work is always a, a highlight of my day. Mm. So get them in there. Totally. And, and thank you for everyone who's entered already because mm. they've been fantastic. Yeah, I've I've enjoyed the variety of how people have taken the challenge. Because hmm. my thing when I Photoshop Jeremy is that I'll, I'll kind of blend his face in with on another character. <laughs> and that's what I was expecting. Whereas people have Photoshopped the, pit, the original picture itself to turn into Tingle from Zelda. Um, people have cut him out and put him in weird quiz game cover art. Um, Alison, um, oh. she, she, put, she put him, I changed his face, well, zoomed it in and made it into a really creepy... Uh, slasher horror film poster. <laughs> post. it's, it's just been great. The variety of, of people's take on on the Photoshop Jeremy challenge. Uh, mm-hmm. So get them all in there. Get so get make us laugh and, and and have a good time judging and choosing a winner. Yeah, totally. Although Cliff, I saw what you put in the group chat the other day. I saw that you wanted to win this. You didn't enter, so you exactly. can't win it. <laughs> so no, you're not winning it. All right. <laughs> it's no, for somebody that's else just win. that's just his representation of jeremy as the void <laughs> as the worst <laughs> oh dear me yeah but so there have been some absolutely cracking entries i'm looking forward to seeing what what people come up with between now and the closing date which is next wednesday so yeah just and, and... go on oh sorry um sorry catch you off uh, josh uh, what, what i think what we're doing is we're going to have uh a community voting Mm-hmm. Um, on so we'll be putting a, an opinion poll out for mm-hmm. people to vote on, and then I think us as hosts will be also be choosing as well. So there may be two winners, from what I've heard from Jeremy. Well, in that case, then we're going to need a second prize, aren't we? I think that's. I think he's got that sorted. I don't Has know. He? Oh, okay. he, he, he suggested it. So, <laughs> well, he suggested it. So. Like... Have them juke it out in like a championship match. That, we could do that. Yeah, but definitely. yeah, so we'll be, there'll be there'll be two different forms of um of 
uh, winners chosen. So and yeah, so stay posted, get some more pictures in, and then we'll have some fun this week uh, voting and choosing. Mm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, already then. Well, I think that's all the news rounded up. So I guess we should go on to what we've been playing and. Um, I'll go first this week just because I've only got one thing on my list and it refers back to what we initially said at the the top of the show so the only thing I've got on my list this week is Horizon Zero Dawn Um, so to actually just reference back to the point um, that was made earlier about what we actually think about it I think this is it's definitely a striking new IP for Sony I can definitely see where people are coming from in terms of how you could easily class it as just being generic um it does have the the typical sort of tropes it's got the the open world gameplay it's got you know the third person combat it's got the kind of weapons and the kind of attacks that we've grown accustomed to in these sorts of games um it's kind of like tomb raider and, and stuff like that but i think what really sells this game is the world it's just such a phenomenal world to be in it's definitely a world that i love to explore um i just love to just take my time in and just you, just see just I basically just go anywhere i just i don't really have a set direction that i'm going in at the moment i've done some of the the side missions and whatnot um and i have sort of done bits and pieces of the main quest but for the time being i'm just kind of trying still trying to find my feet um just basically going with the flow trying to just explore as much of the map as i can and once you actually do that you do see the the diversity of environments that are in this game um and it goes from an an area that say is more familiar with say rise of the tomb raider um and it takes it to an area that's well it's not really a spoiler i suppose but it's kind of like a desert area so it feels more like the mad max game that came out in 2015 so you kind of got the the chopping and changing of environments there and i think that the way that that's just kind of blended in um and it seems pretty seamless and it feels like sort of a natural progression for the environment to to take um but they just they absolutely sell it because the, the graphical fidelity is just stellar especially on the pro with a 4k tv this game is just i'm saying everything that everybody else has already said but it is absolutely gorgeous it is a truly stunning game to look at just the the way that they've um incorporated the 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 sky boxes with the um with the changing weather and the actual the sunset and the sunrise and how you get just a kind of an an eerie touch at some points during the night time when you've got kind of like the moonlight shining through um the clouds it just it looks very visually striking and it's just it's gorgeous to look at it's one of those games that you can just kind of obviously it's got the photo mode but you can just kind of put the controller down and just sit back and just admire it for just being a beautiful piece of art as well as just a game and it's i think that's the main setting point because i can totally understand why the story, although I, it's definitely got me engaged, and you know I'm really looking forward to getting back into it and actually finding out what's going on with these characters. Um, I found that some of the voice acting, although is quite heavily praised, some of the voice acting is a little bit lacking, in my opinion. Um, some characters feel too ham-fisted, and some characters feel just completely flat and emotionless. So you've got kind of both 
opposite ends of the spectrum um, coming through. It mainly comes through in the side quests. I found most of the the characters in the the main quest missions are actually they're really well done, and the um, uh, the audio syncing as well is is really good in the the cutscenes for the the main missions. But when it gets out further towards missions where you know that it just it's kind of it's a side mission, nobody's going to really sort of give it that much thought. Um, you can kind of see that they were just kind of not really paying it as much attention and care as they possibly could have done because the the lip syncing does go out a little bit. But that's just that's that's a very minor complaint. Um, the only other sort of complaints I would have really is that I wish there was a lock-on system just because when things get a bit hectic if say because obviously you can play this in a complete stealth approach if you want to but you can also play it as like a more sort of fast-paced action-based game but if you choose to play it that way and you get surrounded I often find this is probably the the Dark Souls love in me talking now, but it's it's good to be able to just kind of take a step back and lock on to an enemy and then assess the situation like that. Whereas if you don't have a lock on, you just gotta kind of go with the flow, which I appreciate offers a different sense of pacing, but it's I don't know, it just it doesn't feel quite right to me. But I find that that's kind of counteracted by the combat because the combat is kind of it reminds me a lot of um say uh uh shadow of mordor or um uh, the batman arkham games in terms of the the attacks you've got you know you've got your light and you've got your heavy attacks and the attacks actually they cover quite a substantial distance so if you if you've got an enemy that you've just seen go off screen if you sort of point the the stick towards that enemy and press one of the attack buttons, she will actually go over there and sort of traverse over to specifically to the enemy to attack them, which I remember Batman doing quite a lot because he could travel a real huge distance. So it didn't really, it, room, yeah. yeah, really just across the other side of the room. So it kind of, it does that, which kind of helps to balance out a little bit because I feel if it didn't do that, it would kind of, the odds would be definitely stacked against you. Um, but again, because it's just, it's, a th- open world third person combat game you can't really expect something as like a lock on because it just doesn't really tend to fit with the kind of gameplay that they're offering to you so i can completely appreciate why that wasn't implemented but it's just it's personally missed by me um yeah so i think i mentioned the voice acting other than that i don't really have anything negative to say i think that the the characters are very convincing in their voice acting and the the actual the animations on the faces look very convincing um and i mean the story has definitely drip fed to you in a way that keeps you intrigued right from the start and just doesn't it gives you just enough to make you think i wonder what's going to happen next but it doesn't give you too much anything oh well, you know you could have actually sort of kept that back for for later on down the line it does seem to sort of do a good job of drip feeding you the story um and I'm absolutely just loving it, just loving exploring the environments, interacting with the different kinds of enemies because there, are, I think there's about 16 or so different kinds of enemies that you can attack and it's interesting just to see what enemies you find in different areas depending on where you are on the map. 
um, and what those enemies' uh, weaknesses are, and what their strengths are, and whether or not you can override them using your spear thing. Um, and obviously, you know, you've got a way to be able to um, get that ability on your side. Um, but you know, it's just interesting to see what kind of parts you can take of them. It's very much like the combat and the kind of enemies that you're facing is very Monster Hunter esque in terms of the the beasts, but obviously they're mechanical and you can take parts off them, so you can actually sort of collect the parts to get resources, to craft items and, and everything. So it's got a very sort of Monster Hunter feel to it, and I feel like that is definitely uh, an inspiration that they that they took is is Monster Hunter. Um, yeah, and just everything combined in the game engine that they have, which obviously, because you've got to bear in mind, this is the engine that Death Stranding is going to be running in when that eventually yeah. does come yeah. out, which, which it is coming out, Jeremy. It is, all right? <laughs> I hear, Yeah, I hear you saying it isn't. It is. But, yeah, when that game does eventually come out, this is the engine it's going to be running in. And it's just interesting to see now what they've managed to accomplish with this engine now and where they could possibly take that engine because there might be a by the time they actually come to really knuckle down to it there might be a slightly revised form of the engine um or they might just be able to do something with it because it's got it's got the power to to actually keep the frame rate consistent but offer you a great graphic fidelity as well and i think it's it's probably one of the best engines i've seen for years but then you've also got to take into account I'm saying that in the same day and age as the um, was it the Telltale engine and the Bethesda engine that are both just very broken. So obviously you know you gotta you gotta try and keep these things in perspective. But because that is a brown a brand new engine, as far as I know, um, I don't think it's the same one they use for Killzone. I think that is a brand new engine. So to see that running on a pro as well, and to see where that engine could possibly go in the future is very interesting and i think that for this to be the first iteration of this engine and what we've seen that it can do it just blows my mind i mean i would love to know actually when i do get around to finishing it in the credits the team that must have spent just their entire job just animating aloy's hair because it's just it's incredible <laughs> it really is i know that's such a trite thing to say but it's like in um in the the disney pixar film brave you know i know there was a specific yeah, yeah there's a specific just thinking about yeah it. exactly yeah there's a specific um team dedicated to just animating her hair and i really get the impression that there is a very similar team here because it's just i mean at some points it seems very realistic and at some points it seems to just have a kind of a mind of its own but it doesn't matter what it's doing. It just looks phenomenal and it just flows wonderfully and the color is just beautiful. And, oh, it's just that that game is absolutely fantastic. Um, so, so now I want to see um, some some like bloopers of um, Aloy's hair going crazy because I'm pretty sure <laughs> I remember seeing Brave when they were doing like some of the test screenings and stuff mm-hmm. that her hair would go nuts. And yeah, then, I like, expect lose control. <laughs> you lose control of it in the in the vid, in the movie, so I hope that there are some cases that happens in the game. <laughs> I would certainly hope so. Yeah, that would be really fun. Yeah, I'd love to uh, see that. She get turned into an afro or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so like I said, it seems to have a mind of its own at some points, anyway. So it's just interesting to see sometimes how the physics just—I don't know—just have a bit of a freak out, and um, yeah, it just goes a bit crazy. But 
it's yeah this game is is a really really good i'm probably about oh, i said put maybe just shy of 10 hours into it um with these games one of the first things i do in big open world games and this is a huge map by the way i've heard the same said about uh zelda as well um, bigger. yeah yeah which it which blows my mind because this map is absolutely huge but what i love is i mean it's just me i think that loves this but i know they did this with steep as well is it's kind of it's got this 3d quality to it so it's got the contours of the the mountains and everything and it's just i don't know that's just that really speaks to me for some reason but one of the the first things i like to do in big open world games like this is unlock all of the map as soon as i can so i actually have gone and um taking care of all the the tornecks which are you know the ones that were shown off in all the trailers like when they first uh showed off the pro it was um footage of uh, yeah that's the one it's it's, yeah it's essentially it's essentially just a giraffe with a plate on top of his head that's basically what it is um so and that's kind of um yeah so that footage that they showed was initially what got me interested because i thought this just looks so intriguing and then my first encounter with one of those was just breathtaking to just see this giant majestic creature just it just minding its own business basically and then all i did was sort of just climbed on top of it did what i needed to do and then just jumped off it again and then just i stood there and i watched it just because it was just a beautiful graceful thing to watch you know i hadn't really hurt it or I hadn't really attacked it or anything I'd overridden it but I hadn't actually sort of really done anything to hurt it and it just it carried on just walking in in a majestic fashion and just those things are just incredible to watch even though it is essentially just a mechanical giraffe so it's not like oh look it's something we've never seen before because it's based on the real life animal but it's just to see something like that in a game with such um, attention to detail because it's mechanical so it's got all sorts of moving parts and it's got wires and everything it just to see that thing for the first time like over the top of a beautiful vista was just incredible and it was definitely that's probably going to be maybe like my moment of the year in terms of games I mean obviously we're still only in March so I can't say that for definite but it's going to take some beating in terms of just sheer fun and just sort of sheer I just I was completely awestruck just seeing those things but um, yeah I absolutely adore this game to pieces and I really can't wait to get back to it so yeah so now I've actually waxed lyrical about it because I felt like I kind of <laughs> I had to stick up for it because I know that both yeah. Cliff and Jeremy have been kind of down on it recently so whereas I, I have think... sorry go on okay. yeah so uh... You know, that's been my problem, I think. You know, it's just, uh, I know that it was very well received and it was selling very well. And, you know, it had generally, you know, pretty good reviews everywhere, like mm-hmm. some exceptional. But, like, it's just like, it felt like on social media or whatever, it's just like I've been surrounded with people that were cool on it or, you know, were just talking about, you know, the cultural confusion issues that the game you know that that were highlighted in a mm-hmm. few viral viral articles mm-hmm. that went viral mm-hmm. um yeah and then like what i think one thing that stuck out with me was someone just described like how exhilarating it was to fight one of those um you know just your basic template enemy or mm-hmm. one of the larger ones yeah but it, it, they just said that it kind of got repetitive after that they, they, they didn't offer 
too many uh, variations on how you were taking, like, let's say, a type of enemy down. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like you were just doing that over and over again um, rather than make the combat, like, more interesting. Mm. Um, I, I don't know what you think of that now. So I, I, I want to hear you talk about that. Um, that's definitely a valid point. Um I can definitely see it getting repetitive, but then I feel like that is just that's a typical thing that comes with a big open world type of game is there are only so many different variations that they can offer for the combat. I know you can get there are different weapons that you can get and then you can get um I think you can maybe modify those weapons or you can get different uh, sort of versions of those weapons so they're more powerful or they carry more ammo or they carry different types of ammo. So there is definitely a field for experimentation in there. Um, I'm generally, when it comes to combat, um, it depends on what kind of enemy you're facing because different kinds of enemies should be dealt with in different ways. Um, some of the smaller enemies, I'm just straight up just melee because I'm strong enough now where... I can take them out in sort of two hits and it's pretty quick and pretty sort of just done and dusted. But some of the larger enemies you've got to really keep an eye on. So that's where the, the lock-on mode would come in handy just because it's it's really good to just be able to keep track of those enemies whilst you deal with the crowd management um, with the melee attacks and then deal with the larger enemies because they do require you to actually use some of the the weapons that are on offer to you i mean i'm, I'm trying not to spoil it too much because obviously you know mm. even just talking about weapons and stuff can be considered a spoiler so um yeah but some of the weapons that it, it gives you you often find or i do anyway really help you um sort of manage the challenge that the enemies offer you um i haven't actually encountered every single enemy in the game and all the other ones I have encountered have basically just been... I've been running through this area to just get to a tool neck so I could unlock that part of the map. So I haven't engaged with combat with those enemies yet. So I couldn't really speak to the variations of combat with their concern. But I know that some of them do actually fly. So I'd be interested to see how a flying opponent... Um, like the challenge that offers you because of the weapons that are available to you at the time... Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be something that I reckon will be a little bit, I don't know, long, it will get long in the tooth eventually. Um, but yeah. I think the combat is just, it's got the, the perfect feel of meatiness to it, where you really feel like when, you, when you're hitting an enemy, it is selling the blow to you and it's got that just that weight and that impact so i think that it's because it's got that it's kind of got a bit of staying power there um but then obviously because it's such a huge world it's going to take a long time for you to see everything in the world anyway and there's going to be enemies that you just happen to find across in your, your travels um luckily enough everything can just be sort of sprinted past or most things anyway some things will catch up to you but most of it you can just sprint straight past so it shouldn't really if you just want to run from place to place, it's not too bad. But um, yeah, I could definitely see the repetition being a bit of an issue. But then, so just you could say that about so many of these games now yeah, that yeah. yeah, that's my problem. Um, yeah, but I, I, the one thing I think you sold me on though is like the where you were talk, talking about um, how the environments just get more varied and beautiful. I think that mm. maybe that was the sort of preconceived notion I had is 
most of it kind of is just like on these open mountain tops where you're just fighting these robots over and over or something. Mm. But yeah, that, that's interesting. I I definitely, I mean, you know, I just have no time these days. Um, mm. Yeah. And I've just literally one game has been <laughs> keeping me occupied. So, uh, <laughs> but I would definitely love to give it a chance sometime. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's well worth it. If you pick it up in a sale or something, when you know you think if you haven't got too much time and you don't really want to spend you know, the full whack on it, then... Uh, but I'd say it's definitely worth your time just because the the environments just give you something beautiful to look at. So even if right. if the combat does get a bit repetitive and you think, oh, I'm getting a bit bored of this now, you could just sort of go off and explore. And there are plenty of areas within the map that aren't really inhabited by enemies. So you could just sort of go on a bit of an exploring trip and just sort of look at the changing environments and keeping a close eye on the sky as well because that skybox is just incredible to see it change from day to night and see the weather effects come in and it is just beautiful it's one of those games that i could i could put on to play but i could also put on to just watch you know it's, it's, it's definitely one of those so yeah but so i just i felt so i carry on What's the leveling system like? Are you leveling up as your character getting stronger, or is it your gear that's increasing? Like, how does the character progression work? It's a bit of both. Can, uh, yeah. Can so you, you go straight into a hard area and take on enemies, or is it actually meat? Well, in this case, metal walls, not meat walls. Um, I'd say there are definitely um, walls that you would need to overcome by leveling up. I mean, so when I went to do some of the the tour next in areas of the game that would you would think would be sort of I don't know around about sort of level 40 odds in terms of like character progression by the time I got there I was only about level 18 19 so everything was just completely destroying me as soon as I got there so it had to be basically I knew exactly where I needed to go um, and I just absolutely blitzed it because the second that you get engaged in combat it's not only the difficulty the ramps up if you're under leveled but it's also the sheer amount of enemies especially in the desert area there are, you often find that groups of enemies that would typically just be smaller enemies that you could deal with pretty quickly tend to be groups of bigger enemies that require an awful lot of ammo and an awful lot of skill to deal with so i find that leveling up is definitely um handy for for that part so you couldn't just really blitz straight through to the end you'd have to at least level up a little bit just to make itself make it slightly easier for yourself um so there are there are levels for your character is that increasing a stat stats like your damage output like a dark souls or an rpg or is it it's essentially it's a skill tree basically so you've got yeah it's kind of like tomb raider in terms of you you've got three different um things that you can actually put skill points in and then obviously as you unlock more things you you buy more points and then you uh yeah you unlock more things and then they cost more skill points to actually unlock but it's more in terms of um stuff like uh you can carry more ammo for a particular weapon or you can carry more health um or your weapon does more damage or your critical hit is you know is more likely to to actually kill an enemy rather than just sort of stun it yeah. um you know it's just it's the typical sort of stuff that you've come to expect from from this kind of game you know it doesn't really do yeah, anything groundbreaking like far cry too actually yeah, yeah i've heard a lot of people compare it to far cry too and it really seems that way it's definitely got that and you've got um sort of merchant vendors throughout the world who sell you armor essentially and this armor will give you 
perks um so you've got you know increases your strength by two or something or increases this but then you've also got the ability to actually um modify stuff as well so you can sort of put more you can collect modifications that you get from destroyed enemies and apply them to your armor so that you get extra little perks so you've just got that kind of that extra I don't know, that extra bit of luck with the dice roll, I suppose. So that when you're surrounded by a group of enemies, if you know that you've got the right armor equipped, you think, well, that's all right, because this will actually give me this bonus, so therefore I can do this and that sort of thing. So it's it's very, uh, yeah, there's just a skill tree and, you know, you can buy armor. Um, it's not just in terms of, you know, strength and dexterity and all that. It doesn't really go into any of that. Okay. Yeah. Cool, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I... It's it's appealed to me, and as I said earlier, appealed to me in the in the past. Um, I guess I'm just, and I'm a huge hypocrite because Breath of the Wild. But open world games, I'm kind of burnt out on because mm. they just there's so many of them now, and that's mm. all they seem to do. And the open world, it's like they, the biggest bragging point is we have a huge map, <laughs> mm. <laughs> and yeah, I don't think that's true. always a good thing. Size isn't think, always important. I think um, a common I mean, theme of of this kind of love for the open world games that we're going to talk about is like it's not going to be a good open world if you don't like the world mm. so yep, exactly. it, it, you know a lot of these games with the open world it's like i don't really want to go that far and see just you know the 25th variation on you know the same kind of biome and like the same buildings or whatever and but yeah it, it's breath, something breath of the wild does do is just like yeah just unbelievable sort mm. of um so you know life to to the world that just almost like fe- feel like you want to be in the world and that's yep. where the open world thing succeeds i think mm. yeah. yeah and that, that's my only thing a lot of games they tend to get quite bored within the open spaces uh the witcher 3 was fantastic and the world felt really alive and was bustling and had a lot of energy behind and, it and looked yeah pretty. not being afraid to hide you know uh, things you spent a lot of time on like you know really cool secret or a like super yeah. cool looking area that that you just kind of nestle away so that you know when you like you know are spending that much time like traversing you know a particularly tricky area and then you get to that reveal it feels like oh that's something special just for me you know something we're all familiar with with dark souls Mm -hmm. now is you know Mm. where the universe doesn't care about you you know you're Mm. just and not just another person in in there and you know it's got its own sort of character and life to it that you know you discover if you spend some time a lot of these a lot of the generate games just kind of throw you know the best looking areas at you and they're like oh yeah this is great open world Mm. skyrim Yeah. Not a fan of Skyrim. Sorry. No, sorry, not It sounds sounds it does sound great and it looks great. I I am intrigued by it. Mm. Um, I guess the other things that they they put me off when they was after the initial release and launch announcement. Sorry, was the the dialogue. I'm not. I, I kind of get really tired of too much dialogue in games. Mm. <laughs> it um, is good. Yeah, especially in the main missions, it is. Um, it can be quite dialogue heavy, and it's kind of a. Um, choice based as well um but it's kind of like it follows the uh like the fallout route where it will give you an option on what on what to say but it doesn't what she actually says isn't what it's presented to you as the choice i really don't like that that is one of my biggest pet peeves in games that do that is just if you give me 
an option for, to say certain things. Just say what I've picked. Don't say yeah. something that is nothing <laughs> like what I've picked because then you are giving me a completely different situation and a completely different context. And that is not what I wanted to do. Um, yeah, so, Fallout 4 was terrible for that. I, I got yeah. so frustrated with Fallout 4. Yeah, I mean, so th- I know that that was actually that was a mod that people made was a mod that sorted that yeah, out. So that yeah, the the dialogue choice was actually what the character would say. Um, yeah, but it does it is a bit guilty of that. It's also guilty. I forgot to mention of it's got this um, this dynamic waypoint system. So it's got quite a customizable HUD. So that if you wanted to, you can basically just go through the entire game where it's just it's the world and it's Aloy and there's nothing else on screen. But then you can customize that so that you can have your health pop up and your um like your stamina and whatnot. Um uh but it's it's got a waypoint system where you can either have it permanently on or you can have it so that it would just show things of um that you've selected that you consider to be very important because obviously in games like this there are icons everywhere i mean so once i'd taken care of all the tornecks it was very much an ubisoft game of oh shit what do i do now because there's just there's so much stuff covering the map but it will basically eradicate all of that and just put on there this is the point of interest you have decided you want to concentrate on so you know this is the direction you need to go in to get there but it's one of those waypoints where you get to a certain point because it tells you to say obviously it progresses as you progress so you get to us where the waypoint was telling you to go but then the waypoint will tell you to go in the complete opposite direction which really really bugs me because obviously it's one of those gps systems that calculates itself on the fly instead of just being a set route so you think in the end i just get so fed up that i just say well i'm just going to run towards the icon that i can see on the hood at the top of the screen because that's where the icon is so if i just carry on running in that direction i'm going to get there eventually no matter what but it just really irks me when i mean there is a fast travel system um but if you need um sort of fast travel packs in order to do that and you can only do it to um like campfires you've already discovered there is an item that lets you increase that um i don't know how you get it or when where you get it from because i haven't got it myself yet but i am quite looking forward to that just for the the sheer sake of convenience because i often found that there were some missions i went to do that were right on the other side of the map so i thought well just i'll fast travel to the nearest campfire to it then just run to it from there um but it's got one of those waypoints it just it won't stay still and it really infuriates me when games do that it's like if you give me a waypoint keep it consistent don't tell me to yeah, go to this point and then tell me to go directly opposite of where I just got to. Yeah, the the Witcher three had a little bit of that because mm. I think the the pathing was on the roads and the the tracks through the the the, the forests and stuff. Mm, yeah. And so it'd be quick if you just ran straight, but it would it would always try and tell you to go follow the road. Mm. Uh, and so it would you know, you'd get turned around a few times, which was yeah. Yeah, interesting. I I am curious about it, but I, as I say, I just don't know if I've got the time to invest in such a big open no, world. It is um, a major time sink, and because I'm playing Breath of the Wild, and so I guess it's a good time to segue to that. Yeah, please do um, by all means. It, 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 I just wanted to point out. Interesting that you talked about how our Horizon Zero Dawn was so beautiful, and it is. It looks amazing from what mm. I've seen, mm-hmm. uh, and it's you just can look and and see and and, and enjoy how pretty it looks. Zelda is exactly the same, but it has a lot less pixels and a lot less less texture packs. <laughs> mm. yeah. But it, yet, it still is a beautiful piece of art, um, it and is. it looks 
but it looks it like Saturday it's Saturday mornings when you were a kid, mm. um, when you had, you know, a bowl of cereal or whatever, you're playing video games. Yeah, that's that's the feel that Breath of the Wild has. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it it feels amazing and looks amazing. Like a couple of times I've sat in bed on bed playing on the Switch, and I'm just like, on look at this wife, <laughs> and just showing her like this. <laughs> the sunset or the or the moon like going through the clouds uh it's just yeah it's quite spectacular um and how it looks and and i'm a huge hypocrite so i i am i am quite tired of open world games in a lot of ways uh i've heard people recently who've just played shadows of mordor and complaining at the size of the map it's like it could have been smaller as far as i, I was concerned <laughs> i don't need a big giant map um but Breath of the Wild is good, and the open world is good, and I don't feel like I'm wasting time. And that's my problem. Even with Final Fantasy XV, I'll, I'll go play for half an hour, and I find I spend most of the time either driving or running to somewhere, and then I'm going, oh, I don't have time for the actual mission now. I've got to stop playing. Mm-hmm. Whereas every time I've played um, Breath of the Wild, uh, even if it's five, ten minutes, I, I find I can do something. I can find a Korok seed. I can try and climb a mountain and then see what's on the other side um the map is fantastic it's it's got that ubisoft climbing a tower just like horizon uh, does but it doesn't open up icons it just opens up the the uh, topography of of the map of the landscape so you can see where the lakes and the mountains and the valleys and the crags and cliffs are oh i'm gonna have a lot more to say about this game but i quickly want to talk you know, comment yeah, on the top, top, topog- topography stuff you talked about. That is an amazingly detailed map. Like, I, yeah. I don't, I, I think that's a tweet by someone that that does that stuff for a living, and they are like, just really appreciating the topographical sort of details. Um, it's good, isn't going it? On like, there. Oh man, yeah. It's a, there's no. That's when you unlock a, a region from climbing the tower. Because I rolled my eyes when I saw that, and I was like, oh really? I don't have to climb towers, do I? <laughs> But it's so simplified. It's 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 just perfect. Because um, you you get that you get the the details for the area, but it's not adding in icons or things that you need to go find. It is an adventure. You're a, you're a, a young man searching out your own destiny in, in, in a really cheesy way. Uh, to, um, and you're just you're you're just adventuring, and all you have is just the landscape on how it's how it's laid out. And so you can identify key points from just, and it's partly my history with Zelda. You can see see things if you zoom right in on the map. You can see kind of landscapes or or rock formations like that must be something just to, just from my experience from previous Zelda games. And you go there, and there is, is you can find a Korok seed there because there's a there's a, a ring of rocks, um, or and things like that. It's just it, it, moment to moment gameplay is just enjoyable. Um, I think it was who was it? I think it was on uh, Midnight Resistance. I was listening to. They were saying how Nintendo have always avoided doing open world games, and now they've come out and done it and shown everyone else how it should be done <laughs> uh, in their very first attempt. Um, and I really feel that's that's true. Like it's like you, yeah. How do I say it? Most open world games, it's open world, and like, look, go explore in this massive sandbox. But yet, here is this waypoint that you have to go to. And then you, you, for the rest of the game, you can be a very, very linear process through this very open world. And you can just go through the game and following point, point, point. 
Whereas this, it does, it gives you a marker um, very early on once you get past the tutorial area and saying, you should go here, but you don't really, really don't have to. Mm -hmm. And then you get there and it says, here's these 12 pictures. Go find them in this open world. Hmm. No other suggestions or guidance. You have 12 mark, like 12 images that's on your little um, tablet. Fablet, it's a phone tablet. Um, but it, it yeah, you, you're given these pictures and you're just told to find them and they unlock memories from your past. And I think that's just, I, I, at first it was very overwhelming because you're like, I don't know anything about this world. How am I supposed to find these places? But as I've explored, I've been able to, and because the map is fantastic, as we just mentioned, I'm able to kind of see things in the distance in my game and then look at the picture and triangulate where that picture is taken. And I've able, been able to work out and find these locations by just exploring um, and learning more about the world itself. Rather, and there are people who actually will help uh, if if you want. You can talk to like um, NPCs throughout other people around the, the map and towns you find who will give you guidance and point you in the right direction. Um, but I've probably I found seven of them, and three of them I've had help with, and four I've found from just going. I recognise that that um, that that skyline i recognize where that would be and i can identify where it is from just yeah working that out and that's just that's just very unique in gaming it doesn't usually let you so freely find your own path in a game and everyone i've spoken to has gone a different way uh, than i have um and has found their own way to 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 events or, or places um heck cliff is as the stubborn prick and he went straight to the to the end area just to prove that he could um, which i've avoided because <laughs> it looks too scary um, and you can always see it yeah you can always see it it's always there um it's always and, there in the distance that's i love that yeah I, I don't know it's just something about this game it, it just completely turns its head on, and turns my view on open world games uh it's it's just there calling to me constantly. It's just completely stopped me wanting to play other games at the moment in a lot of ways. Um, Savish, like, I don't know, I've said a lot. Do you want to say, what, what, you, you want to chime in and tell me what you think? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, I didn't grow up with the NES or anything. So, you know, I, I obviously knew about the Zelda games as a touchstone for gaming, but uh, didn't really spend too much time playing them until like maybe college where I tried Ocarina of Time and Wind Waker a few years later, but never really finished them either. But, um, you know, it, my wife and I decided to get a Switch because she's into a lot of Nintendo games, but like the Mario Galaxy, not the, uh, not the Zelda stuff. But, you know, we got Breath of the Wild because we've been hearing so many good things about it. And wow, it's, uh, it's something. <laughs> uh, it's... Um, I think, you know, it's kind of a tired cliche about like the sort of soul's approach to, you know, exploring the world, but there's, there's kind of audacity in, in, the, in this game's approach where, uh, you know, it, it's not afraid to kind of show off like the things it's borrowing from, because, you know, I had a tweet a few weeks earlier where I was like, I just got my favorite Dark Souls weapon in a dungeon that had portal mechanics 
Um, you know, they gave me a claymore in in a dungeon that where I was doing portal stuff, where like throwing balls over things to do these puzzles, and I'm like, this game just marries like and just loves all the influences that it uses. Uh, and of course, like you know, I'm not a you know a huge Zelda um, uh, enthusiast. I mean, before this game, I, I didn't know that much about it, but like you know, obviously, there's also a lot. I understand a lot of hidden references to things that have happened before there as well, but yeah, um, just something about the 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 world you're navigating here is just just super unique. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, it like I'm kind of at a lack of words to explain like the sort of um, freedom it is giving you as well because it it's, it really does it really does feel unique. Um, and just to go back to the point of Vader talking about you know, exploring and doing anything you want. Um, I'm actually on a mission and I've, I've, I've decided on this mission a week ago where I, I've, I've been avoiding that main, the main guy you're supposed to talk to after getting off the sort of intro plateau. Um, and I just decided to explore the world. Um, and I've managed to explore most of the world now before talking to that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I've managed to like, just unlock maybe a couple of bosses as well, which I understand he's the one that's supposed to put you on that path. Um, but like just this aversion of wanting to go to towns and talking to a lot of people where the game was like, the game has given me so much beauty as like just this lone person like exploring the world and maybe from time to time coming into you know touch with the explorers. There's just like a, such a divide between that. So I've been just totally avoiding just going to towns and villages and instead like you know just <laughs> just exploring just walking around and you know just to give you an example of that the other day i just came to this workshop which it was abandoned there was no one in there um and like you know there was like a diary by some guy and like reading the diary i could tell like you know because it was mentioning places in the diary and everything i could tell that yeah if i'd followed the quest and done something else something would have happened here but just the fact that it was just abandoned now and there's all these mysterious items in there and I don't know what this place is for, it mm-hmm. just really goes back to that sort of like mm-hmm. uh, archaeology aspect that I really love about Souls where you're just like kind of exploring a dead world or something mm-hmm. um, and you just have to get the meaning out of the things it's trying to tell you uh, through its design. And just the way it uses its design elements is just amazing with that. Um, yeah, and I've you know have had some just amazing moments in this game like i love the fact that you can just like touch every inch of the game world uh there's just one clear demarcation like you know in some of the puzzle rooms you can't like really climb the walls but other than that like it's pretty much open you know open season you can just like traverse anything like any mountain any structure any tree or whatever um the way they do collision is amazing in this game like um, I needed fire arrows, um, apparently, for this puzzle, and I didn't have any. And I just drew out my bow, which had just a normal arrow, and I just, you know, swung past like a torch, and it became a fire arrow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was cool. like, uh, that, that's, that's amazing. And, like, um, you know, I had to, you know, put this ball on a thing for, like, a puzzle, and, like, this enemy followed me and, like, kicked the ball away from me instead of fighting me because it could sense that I was like maybe trying to do a quest. Um, and it's just like filled with all these kinds of, you know, the, 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 the language that it uses and the design elements that it uses and they, they like 
the way they marry with each other is pretty awesome. Um, uh, yeah, so just going back, like one of my favorite moments so far in the game was um, uh, Vader. I'm sure you know this. There's that area that's perpetually has rain. That's part of like one of the main quests, I think. Yep, that you have to yep. do. Um, I again, I didn't, I haven't been following the main quest. Like that, that marker is still blinking. I haven't seen that main guy, but I just kept exploring the world and ended up there in that area and I'm like why is it always raining here and it's weird um, and there's this big mountain on a map that I was you know really trying my hardest to scale I didn't have many stamina items as well but I, I just this is the thing I just love love doing which is just you know trying to break the game right like trying to just test gravity or like trying to see how far I can push this you know I just really wanted to just give up everything and just climb this mountain and I get to the top and it's just this beautiful spring there's just this um uh, it's kind of circular spring that apparently has a, no function in the game. It's just like a pretty thing that's up there. And I just felt like, wow, this is just like uh, my reward for like doing this. And then I look off the side and I see like this, you know, I don't want to give too many spoilers to the people, but I see things start coming into place but because of the world design, like why the rain is happening and like, I can see that thing in the distance. Like, I, I understand now. And, like, you know, I could tell, like, you know, if I was playing this game another way, someone would have told me, oh, hey, go to this town. And, like, maybe I would have talked to someone that would have been like, oh, um, you know, this town is the next thing on your marker. This is what's happening there. But, like, just piecing together that story from, like, things I can see in the distance has that's cool you know was that was just one of the best moments i had like i could it just all clicked in my head like I, I could understand what this boss would probably be like i could understand what um you know the storyline would, would have probably been like there but i haven't been talking to many people so it's just yeah um it's it's crazy um hmm. yeah it's um just on that um even even though going through the main storyline, it is still very open. Um, you, you're never actually told to what to to go to the area you're talking about by the main quest giver. Is uh, after you speak to her, it's just the twelve pictures that you got to go hunt for. Um, yeah, I haven't even updated my slate that to take pictures. By the way, oh, true. <laughs> yeah, I've I've done nothing. I've 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 unlocked like the ability to do like two of the dungeons, two of the bosses. I've unlocked most of the map that main quest marker is still blinking that intro marker still blinking. Um, yeah, but... i haven't unlocked any other special powers i just want to see how far i can push this like my dream scenario is like i beat the entire game i beat the final boss and then go to that first guy and he's like oh hey you have to do this and I'm, i'll be like uh <laughs> no i don't <laughs> <laughs> I already did it <laughs> um but yeah from what i understand you can beat the final boss without actually yeah I, that's what I've been told. So I, I want to push this as our, this, so this is the mission I was talking about. Like accidentally, just because I wanted to explore the world by myself, I've just set myself a goal, which is to, you know, avoid the quest and explore this world as if it was just archaeology, just like souls. And I, I'm really loving doing that. Nice. That's very cool. Um, and what, on, on that, um, what I like about the, the game design, it is very open and allows you to do whatever you want. But there also there is there is a I guess a path of somewhat least resistance for storyline purposes, and so it doesn't force you. And I think it's very clever. Is you're kind of guided to go a certain way by people talking and the way the maps laid out, 
and you actually as you go up and leading towards the rainy area there are a lot of npcs who actually will, will meet you and there's like a wide net of them and i kind of i met like five or six of them all um, asking for help and it, it's it was a clever way to to, to guide um a player to um that that first that that area which is was one of the main first dungeons uh mm -hmm. and yeah i think it's it'll it's it's great as well um what's the term um it's, it's well guided or if, if you want it to be but yeah. at the same time it's so very easy to uh, circumvent and skip that stuff yeah i uh, was i mean as i said i was just letting the world tell its story and it was doing a great yeah. job you know as i said like you know you start the game walking out of that cave and that's not spoilers because this happens in the first minute but you see that you see the final you know that you're looking at the final boss like in front of you and that's there the entire game that that focal point that the thing in the middle the calamity ganon is is right there um in front of you and you know and you know i'm sure speedruns of this will involve people just running there but you know i did that as well and you can soon understand what they're doing there which is like the classic you know, the graveyard with the skeletons in Dark Souls 1, which is, you know, it's there, but it's not really meant for you now, right? Yep. Uh, that kind of thing. And I just, I love how it shows you its destinations in this game. Uh, you know, uh, just the, the oh, the volcano in the distance as well, by the way. Um, yep. the, the way it looks from far away and the way it kind of, you know, gets higher and higher resolution as you get closer and you can actually see what's happening there. And it's, uh, yeah, the, the the I love when games do that when they just show you a thing and you know you can go there um, and they and they make it a point to just tell you that this is a co coherent world where the the level design the map design makes sense like you know this is a real place. Mm. Um, and what's interesting is the the focal point the boss it'd be easy to put that like completely to the top of the map but it's not you can go around it can't you. Yeah, you can go around it. You can go straight like... to it, or you can go around it. It's you can do anything you want, but you'll soon understand why you know that's a <laughs> bad approach. But yeah, it's it's very cool. Um, the things that I found, like as you mentioned, the, the the physics engine a little bit about how how clever it is with the fire and the things you can do. Um, I was fighting some enemies. Uh, I think feel the names. They all got like goblin in there it's, i think it was a moglin <laughs> which is the, the giant ones the kind of really big yeah like yeah. they got a horn mm -hmm. he picked up a bow goblin and threw it at me i was oh, like man. what <laughs> he's like hoofed his friend at it at me to try yeah. and do damage it was hilarious just the little yeah. things like that i like the the monster design in this game i mean i understand it's classic zelda stuff for people that are more familiar with the series but um it's just that kind of hilarious um uh what's that um what's the term oh, why am i blanking on this so yeah the, the thing about the physics um yeah just the the game has hilarious like ragdoll uh mechanics i think sometimes too like i love when it's kind of gets hilarious that way so you know during you know what's pretty involved combat like you know and and, and yeah in the previous episode jeremy already went through like you know the weapon mechanics and the durability and everything but the way you can kind of combine like all the abilities that you get uh, along with the weapons and the physics and the collision this is pretty awesome yeah um yep we'll see. I'm, I'm, I'm i'm just i keep looking forward to like new stories from people every day uh, i just discovered like guardian parrying two weeks ago and 
Oh, cool. Oh, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? The, there's a lot of discussion about the durability, and I'm actually on the on the um, school of thought that durability is a pain in most games, whereas I actually kind of fine with it. Like, I was watching Jim Sterling's uh, video this week, and he was ripping into the durability in Zelda and saying he's not opposed to it, which is fine, because that's what he likes and doesn't like, and that's everyone has entitled their own opinion, and I can respect it and understand where he's coming from. But for some weird reason, I actually really like the durability and how weapons are fragile in this game because I find it helps with the a sense of exploration and adventure because I've been in places where I've gone and fought a tough enemy and I've used all my weapons and gone, okay, what do I use now? And so I've got to pick up a stick <laughs> and I'm fighting, I'm fighting with, I've been using like high end, you know, weapons, you know, like 30 plus attack. And then I'm down, now I'm down to a stick and I'm using the, the Koboglin, the bow Koblin's spears for a little while until I can start finding some better weapons. And I, I kind of like the kind of risk and the tension that can create. Uh, yeah, yeah. And um, I find I will save my better weapons for times when okay, I really need this now because I'm, I'm in a tight spot. I'm not going to get through this unless I'm using my 50, my, my two-handed sword that's got 50 attacks so I can take out this um, Boglin. And I, I, so I actually surprisingly really enjoy the fragility of the, is that, is that a real word? <laughs> of the... Yeah. of the of the weapons uh the fragileness I, of me the too weapons. i actually really love it and like um uh, recently i heard like the bonfire side chat folks uh, cover shadow tower uh which i mm-hmm. understand is that old from game that has mm-hmm. a similar durability mechanic where like you know that's the driving that's a driver of the tension in the game pretty much which is you know you you know it's kind of start, standard classic survival horror stuff of like you know you limited resources and how you make use of them that kind of thing um and i yeah i love it too and like it, it it's it kind of forces you to to like um decide what you're going to pick up and how you're going to inventory manage which you don't think you're going to be doing that much with weapons that break a lot but like you can get into a flow in this game where you know you don't really have to fight everything in front of you all the time um mm. uh, so you know, just kind of judiciously deciding which weapon, you know, all right, this is a really tough guardian. All right, I'm going to give it everything I have with this really good weapon. That's fine. I'll find it later, you know. Uh, it, it's really not that. I don't think it's a, it hampers anyone's enjoyment of the game. And, you know, pretty much everyone loves this game. And you can see that they succeeded with that, with that you know, mm. approach to uh, weapons for sure. Um, but, yeah, just the sort of survival horror moments that the, this game gives you um you know the true enemy in the game is obviously rain as you yes. all know uh, i just I, I just love the way they use rain to like fantastic effect because that's the primary you know obstruction that's preventing you from like literally doing anything you want right because mm-hmm. because you can touch every inch of the game you can scale any mountain with just your bare hands you can just do anything you want but obviously when it's raining, you're going to slip and things are going to be bad. Um, but I, I just feel like this game is just like fiendish sometimes with how it just puts rain in front of you. It's like, um, I just discovered like making quick campfires right next to me to like pass time. So I was, I was trying really hard to scale this mountain peak the other day and it was raining. And so I just make a quick campfire and wait for it to pass. And it's like, oh, the sun came out in the morning and things are looking good halfway through the peak it started raining again and i'm like 
I think I know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does it on purpose sometimes. Um, the really early on in the game, just when you first come off the um, the plateau, to your right there's Twin Peaks, um, and there's like a river through the middle, and there's two shrines at the top of each one, and oh, I was yeah, trying I to scale that. that. Yeah. I'm trying to scale um, that, and it just—it honestly took like an hour, and it was just—I swear it rained for 45 minutes within that hour period. <laughs> like it took so long, and I was probably going yeah. the worst way up. Um, but yes, rain I, is the true true boss of of, of Zelda. <laughs> if there was a character class in this game, like if there were character classes in this game, I think I pretty much picked like the climber hiker prototype because like, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I even have like all that all the clothing of that stuff now. Um, yeah, same. Yeah, uh, the climber, uh, and it's I think it's the best set in the game because I love doing that and like uh, even from the beginning I was kind of putting my, all my points into stamina instead of health. Uh, which you know, if you have two full stamina wheels, that's a great head start for you for the game. I think. Um, yeah, I'm just off two, but I've switched to yeah. getting hearts now. And so because, like, you know, you could cook stuff to like increase your hearts anytime. I think that's what I found. Um, yeah, I found. But something it's that just suiting requires... my style of gameplay anyway. But... Yeah, yeah, for sure. I found something that requires a large amount of hearts that you can't use added bonus hearts for. So I've started saving up my heart. Hmm. <laughs> um, there's just yeah, so much in this game. It's it's fantastic. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it I really found... does feel like that sort of um, you know the playground game when you were a kid, right? Like everyone's just saying, "Oh, hey, I found this." Like, you know, the amount of like, you know, I saw like this meme the other day, or someone like titled it, you know, "Legend of Zelda." Oh, I didn't know you could do this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, there's there's this thing I didn't know about um, the shield surfing. I, I'd missed that. Oh sh- man, that's snow. so awesome! Yeah, it's yeah. the best thing. I ever. discovered it by accident too, and and Jeremy covered this in the last episode. But you know, the game, the way the game like slowly reveals its like breathtaking, like intricate mechanics is like it lets you. It's a sandbox. It lets you play around, and like if you if you do something, it says, "Oh yeah, hey, you can do that," and this is how you do it. In case you didn't realize, you did it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a very cool uh, way. That's of doing how I things. discovered shield surfing. Yeah, it's awesome. actually last Saturday, um, uh, uh, Reagan, he was guest a couple of weeks ago. Uh, my local Kiwi friend, he came over and we sat down on my couch in my games room and we had our switches out and we were comparing maps. <laughs> and the game had yeah. been a week out a week then, and I think that's something that I, yeah, I've never did really done like. And as you say, it's that schoolyard chat about about a video game like the, about the Game Boy or. or the old uh, uh, Mega Drive games or PlayStation 1 games. You're just talking about what you have and haven't done. And we're sitting there comparing where we've been and where we haven't been. Oh, have you seen this? Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, that, that, that boyhood wonder, that, that childhood wonder. Um, yeah. it, it was, it's a lot of fun. Uh, one of the things I found, which was completely amazing, I don't know, I found a giant horse. <laughs> yeah, me too. I just found a giant horse yesterday, actually. <laughs> So no, I, here's I, the funny thing, like it's been a turf war at my, my place because my wife is also into wife. the game and yep. she uh, she's like, she's playing it totally differently. She's like mowing through the game. She's like done most of the main quests already. Like she talks to everyone and does all the side quest stuff. So I usually like every time it sounds like she's going to a cool thing, I step out of the room because like, don't spoil this for me, you know? Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we've been fighting over control of that stuff and like she was like, she mentioned the you know the big horse to me. I'm like, don't say anything. And yesterday I was just kind of 
walking around and I could see that she was like sitting with like bated breath next to me like oh he's so close <laughs> but yeah I just found it yesterday it was like so goofy too it was, it was awesome did you catch did you catch it and take it um wait what giant horse are you talking about a horse that you can ride <laughs> I'm talking about the giant horse god oh no see I haven't yeah I haven't found that oh yes yes well... the, 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 yes I found him too well, there you go. That's that's okay. <laughs> I I just I I just thought I told you about something cool, but never mind. I guess you knew about it. No, no, yeah, that's um, that's not not too bad. That's just. Oh, yeah. I guess I haven't but... found the giant horse that you can ride. Then never mind. <laughs> it's something new that I found out. <laughs> it, it's 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 fantastic. Yeah. Um, because awesome. I, I well, don't yeah, don't tell me where nice... it is. Don't spoil. I won't it. tell you where it is. No, no, no. Yeah. But it's just so many just so many quirky weird things that you yeah, can get is, in this game. And, and I, I, and and I think can... I love that. It's just like that fantasy sort of humor sort of look that it's going for kind of makes it yeah. more magical, I think, for me than any re- any kind of real that it could have been. But at the same time, like, you know, you see like the grass kind of like cut through, like as you're stepping over this mountaintop and like those three piano notes hit and like that looks like super beautiful. It doesn't need to have, you know, a million pixels or like thousand frames or anything like it's just that mood that it's trying to put you in um yeah it succeeds it, that. It, it looks like a beautiful oil oil painting like yeah. it just constantly looks like a, a a painting um and the character the painting character in the game's fantastic with his little top knot that looks like a paintbrush <laughs> another thing cool. i appreciate again and i'm sure it's a classic zelda thing but like you know no voice acting i mean i i you know other than for the main cutscenes and i actually kind of skip through the main cutscenes like every time there's anything that, that feels like it's telling the main story i kind of find it not that in i mean I, i'm not that into it like i'm not really into like how cartoonishly silly zelda's voice sounds like when you're doing like something really cool and she goes like in that really oh, high pitch like link stuff i, I really um, like that stuff oh you do okay never mind <laughs> I, I like um I like the story and I'm really intrigued. That's why I've enjoyed going and hunting down these, these photos. Yeah, no, um, I do like that. But like I, the, the aspect of it that I like is like when you're in the non cutscene dialogue with people and yep. where it just shows you the text prompts, right? I really, yeah, yeah, no, really enough. love the, the sort of vocal effects that they give them in the background. It's kind of like the, you know, how they try to give characters um, um, character in Souls games by giving them different laughs, you know? Yeah. Uh, just it kind of feels similar in Zelda where they have them do those weird sound effects in the background. Yeah, it's like really funny. Yeah, like every time you talk to Beetle and like in like six sentences he has like eight different sound effects that he's doing. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Like squeaks and stuff. Yeah, that's no, yeah. good. Well, I think we're bored, um, Josh, enough with some with Zelda talk. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's, it's all good chat. It's good chat. So I mean, Zelda to me seems to be kind of because at the moment you've got Zelda and you've got Horizon. Horizon seems to be if you want that kind of combat but you want sort of photorealistic stuff and Zelda seems to be if you want that kind of combat but you want sort of fantastic art direction. So, you know, it's just it's good that we've got sort of two games to kind of do similar things um, but go down different paths and have different artistic feels. So, no, yeah. it's, it's all good. It's all good. There's room for both. Yeah, most definitely. Any questions? Uh, or not, not that fast. 
no, not not particularly. I don't really have any questions. I mean, to, to you two guys, it's just covered everything I would have wanted smashed to know it. anyway. So, yeah, completely smashed it. Um, yeah. Um, well, I just quickly mentioned a couple other Switch games if anyone wants to hear about One Two Switch. Yeah, you can do. So, I mean, obviously, we do, we've got tons of feedback as well. This episode, yeah, we'll so. have to get we'll get on to that. Uh, but I just want yeah. to mention, I finally got it. I ordered it. It took flipping ages. It took two weeks to get to me. <laughs> so I just got it this week. Um, oh, one, it's it's exactly what I thought it would be. It's a fun social game uh, to play. You can't play it one player. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous, but and that's part of the charm behind it. The um, it's strange like it's mostly actually live action video mm. on screen mm-hmm. and it's so cheesy and corny it is terribly <laughs> cheesy um, <laughs> but it's it's amazing what's in there there's you've, everyone's seen the milking the cow and the cowboy quick draw but there's a lot more in there that i wasn't expecting uh they've all been quite fun uh to play the baseball is actually really good it's you're playing baseball with just audio mm. Um, so you're just listen, you're just hearing the sound of the pitch, and you got to time it. Sounds like a take uh, on a sort of classic WarioWare kind of Nintendo game, the, where they just give you like I, a I've ton of mini games. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a ton of mini games, one after the other. Mm. You know that. This is exactly what I've heard people. Yeah. Say. They're just fantastic um, for parties. Mm. Yeah, and that's what this is. I took it into work because I took talk to a guy at work and who likes his video games, and I told him I'd bring in the, the Switch once I got the two-player games took it in and we sat there and out front of the off out front of the office um and people kept walking past going what are these two doing because <laughs> we had like big double doors like garage doors off to the side of the building and so we just kind of stood in the entrance there with the switch under in shade and we kind of stood in the entrance and so we looked like utter muppets just mm. wiggling around with our mm. um but it, it's just a lot of fun uh to kind of just to show people it's one of those kind of like just like we sports was uh when you when people would come over and you're like oh have you have you played you play golf on the Wii and you just chuck on golf and just play with your mate it's exactly like that um hmm. it, it shows off the 3d rumble a little bit more which is is quite fun uh, it's very impressive like you got one you got a, a box and you got a couple ball a few balls in there you got to guess how many balls by just wiggling it around Mm. And you can actually feel the motion of the ball, the weight of the ball going across your palm, mm. which is pretty impressive. You can feel it track down your hand. Yeah. Uh, mm. Yeah, it's it's just it's not much to say about it really. It's just yeah. a fun little social game. It seems uh, to be it's... more a game that's kind of like a proof of concept for the actual technology yes. that goes into the console itself. So just kind of a little bit of throwaway fun just so you can experience what they wanted to get across with the console and then you know that you've got everything else there anyway yeah and the motion control works pretty well like mm. it's pretty accurate um the the other fun one was the table tennis again it's like the baseball it's blind so it's just audio cues so you you gotta hit after the you hear the bounce yeah and that's actually a lot of fun um, I played that in the office with someone else, another guy from my work, um, in my team, my finance team, and people were just looking at it. Hey, we milked a cow, and so we were in a big open plan. It's like sixty people in our own one big kind of warehouse building, and people were just looking at us milking the cow. It was hilarious. We were like, "What the heck are you two doing?" <laughs> <laughs> just standing at the back of the office. Um, it was quite funny. Uh, and then we played table tennis, uh, and it's just utter ridiculousness, but it's that's that's part of the fun. Sweet, yeah. sweet. 
Well, we move into questions? I think we probably we should because yeah, we're we're running quite close to uh to closing time here. So yes, yeah, so I think we should uh, get on to the feedback. So just wanted to thank each and every single one of you for for getting in contact with us for episode fifty. So we've got certainly got plenty of it here. So um, I have actually gone and put um, our names against each of them. So I think Ooh, so. I think the first one is for you, Vader. This is uh, Cirque McBaller, a King Kiwi God mm-hmm. from the Inside People podcast. Um, he, uh, he wrote, writes and asks, I, I vote that the Dark Inside team talk about their perfect game. Like if a game were perfect for you, what would it be? And he kind of gave a bit of description to explain himself. More in a game design sense, not just answering what's your favorite game. So extra and like so extra slow pixel art shump. So we're, shoot him up. Yeah, shoot him up. Yeah. Oh, he ran out of he yeah. ran out of uh, <laughs> Oh that's just how the cool kids say shoot him up. Yeah. Oh okay. I'm clearly not cool. <laughs> <laughs> right. right then. So we're coming to the end of the podcast and we've you know, we're going in deep, lads. We're going in deep. <laughs> this is such... I think I res- Responded with a laugh saying that Zelda's the perfect game and so is Neo um, already. Because <laughs> mm. I really like those games. Mm, but the thing is, if if you were to take certain aspects from many different games and put them into what would be quite unquote a perfect game, I'm not so sure that game would actually be any good because the whole reason why we we like games as much as we do is because they do come with the flaws and so it helps you keep perspective yeah. yeah it helps you keep perspective on them and i think if you had a game that was absolutely just completely 100 percent perfect in every aspect that you would kind of lose the novelty of some games being a bit crap in certain areas i mean although obviously it's an ideal situation to have you know what you would consider to be the absolute perfect game in terms of length and gameplay and you know graphics and dialogue voice acting and all that sort of stuff but if you had that kind of game i just i don't know i don't really think it would be what you wanted it to be ultimately because you're so used to having games that give you a a bigger sense of nuance to them that to have a game that was so completely one-sided would be kind of shooting itself in the foot. So, well, so to be honest, yeah. I think I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, just thinking about it in the terms of Dark Souls Three, <laughs> um, it's it's a very very good game, and it's probably plays the best out of all the Souls games. But we lost the magic <laughs> of the the newness of the earlier games. Like Dark Souls One was was new and fresh, and so. I think if we expect and if we try and specify what we want in a perfect game, it won't be what we actually want because we not we don't as humans we are terrible at knowing what we actually want or need. Mm-hmm. We like to be surprised, and so I think in, in anticipating what we like, we're always going to fail in that perfect game. But does that? I think that's what you were kind of saying, Josh. I'm yeah, pretty much. Terrible terms. Yeah. <laughs> plus, plus, you got to think we're gamers, so by default, we don't really know what we want because the game comes out <laughs> exactly. in the series, and we all moan about it, and then they change it to what we want, and then we all moan about it. So you think, well, they're kind of damned if they do and damned if they don't, really. So. You know, to kind of, it's it's a very fine line that I think that 
it's it's good for games to actually have these flaws because it's I don't know it helps you realize that nothing in this world is perfect and I think it's that's an important quality to to have in in world in the world really is to know that there is no singular thing in this world that is absolutely flawless so I think that you kind of need those notches against it to really I don't know find take the imperfections in the game and then sort of take that in your stride to, to think about it as being perfect I suppose so uh, to the, we gave a very serious answer to a, obviously a pre-casual question uh, <laughs> yeah a more, a, a more um, uh, just yeah one that I said before on the podcast many moons ago is if the Witcher had Dark Souls fighting mechanics that would be a perfect game hmm. If that fought like Dark Souls, it would be beautiful. True, um, very true. Yeah, very true. And if I had, if I had a story as crazy as Metal Gear, <laughs> there you, there go. you go, bang in, bang in. I mean, so I was just basically going to segue into the next question by sort of stealing part of it and using it as my answer, which is Demon Souls. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> yeah, because uh, indeed. Mr. Revitar got in contact with us as I was expecting. He said, I've given Demon's Souls a week and it's weak. Can I please play a funner game than this? Seriously, what a train wreck. I re- and just to be no, I responded saying no. 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 <laughs> he's not allowed to stop. Well, I mean, if he's going to be so bold and actually get in contact with us to say that then all I can really say to it is go back to the PS2 and play an incredibly awful and offensive game called The Guy Game there you go <laughs> I don't know if anybody will remember that one but it was atrocious no it was it was a very male orientated game and it's just it's terrible so plus if you if you're really going to put a word like funner in there then <laughs> <you know. laughs> and I'm going to pick I'm going to pick a hole in it <laughs> um, yeah, but he also said, um, "Who gives the best intro, and what can the rest of you learn from Morbid Beard?" Well, I'd say probably Jeremy does the best intro, just because he's so bloody used to it. Yeah, because he does so many different shows now that I'd say he's probably got the measure of it better than any of us three. To be fair, certainly me. Anyway, I can. I can well, say I that. Billy, Billy do intros, so. <laughs> Josh, would you say you do the best outros? Um, possibly. Sometimes I forget my lines a little maybe, bit. So. <laughs> and maybe that's the answer to what can the rest of them learn from you, right? Yeah, I suppose so. It's just, yeah, just how to end really well. Yeah, sack off the intro. You don't want to start well. You don't want to, you want to leave them wanting, right? Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. You, can, you can come in sort of crashing, but as long as you end with a flourish, it's all right, I suppose. Was well, as a great quote from Highlander. It's better to burn out than fade away. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, definitely. Um, yeah. Well, just actually, actually, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna, God, I'm gonna no, embarrass don't. myself. I'm gonna embarrass myself. It's on on the intro topic. I I, I did a solo host a couple of weeks ago with the the top lads, uh, Chris and Steve. Mm-hmm. Stephen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I came in with a really cheesy intro on purpose, expecting them to react to it, and they didn't. And I, no one has commented on it. I actually don't know if it was edited out. It might have been edited out, as far as I know. I didn't actually listen to my own episode. But the only time I've heard anyone talk about 
how bad that was was on the outtakes of the Monster of the Week podcast when Jeremy called the, the Chris and Stephen out for not hassling me about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was at the end of the outtakes of a of a different podcast I had to hear myself me, me get ribbed on a terrible intro, which I did on purpose to get ribbed. <laughs> I must admit, I can't even remember what that intro was now. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't remember. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that one again. <laughs> so, it may have been cut out. It may have been cut out because Jeremy thought it was so bad because he edited the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway. Yeah. Hey. Um, I believe the next one is for you, Subash. All right. It's sentionat underscore plus at Twitter. I really like that that word sentionat. It's very satisfying. Yeah. The question is, you've got a job at From Software of deciding the next theme for the next Souls game. What do you pick? Oh. Well, I think he can get like as we discussed, um, 6,000 answers from the Don't Give Up Skeleton podcast, which I'm... That's exactly what Jeremy said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm plugging right yeah definitely. Uh, uh, but, yeah, again, I just... Um, again, I, know, I probably know it's a, it's a fun question thing, but, like, I don't really want to pick for them, I think. I think I just... If if there's anything, you know, if, if there's a world in which they listen to my feedback, I'd probably just say, you know don't worry about like the game breaking you know if you mm-hmm. did a weird cool you know cool thing that you just thought was cool and like you just you just thought oh we got to sacrifice this in order to in order to make them what we know souls game have come to be regarded as like don't just make things more difficult just just because they need to be you know it's fine like you know let May maybe consider on like intricate mechanics that we can all learn again and like ha- be scared of at first and then just be completely okay with like you know by the end that kind of thing, but mm. like just making things hard for the sake of being hard or like just sacrificing some of the weirdness for for you know convenience or like for uh, just to, just so thing things can be marketed as like this br- brutal or difficult. I, mm. Yeah, I just. I just want them to go back to the drawing board with that stuff. I don't care if a boss dies and two hits. Mm. I want to feel good that I've I've managed to figure out you know a weapon mechanic that does that. You mm. know, yeah, uh, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think uh, that. I... Sorry, carry on. I've, I've said it once. I've said it a thousand times on this podcast. I would rather let the. I'd rather play a game that a designer has created from their vision than a game that they've, they've made from listening to to other uh, external feedback mm. I'd, I'd rather let a creative go at it and it be a broken weird game mm. than have a game that's been created or curated yeah. to to please the masses mm. definitely yeah, supposed... like we've, we've we've talked about like poise for example in dark mm. souls 3 and like you know the running theory mainly right these days about why they've disabled poise is like just generally the feedback you know over time you know people again the pvp community that you know that's probably the most vocal out of anyone just complained about the fact that you could just tank so much in dark souls one i'm like that's fine like Mm. you know let it be you know if things break or if there's like an op weapon that like lets you do something crazy or if there's you know this cool thing that you know Mm. it's really hard to get but like really overpowered that's fine like Mm. i think that just adds to the magic of the game Mm. um 
I think that that point is particularly prevalent because obviously Dark Souls has exploded now to the extent where so many games nowadays, and I'm I'm getting just as sick of it as anybody else's, where games get compared to Dark Souls. Oh, it is the the Dark Souls <laughs> of this particular genre, and I feel that as ridiculous as as this is going to sound, that I feel like Dark Souls is currently on the path now where it is going to get to the stage where it becomes a parody of itself to the point where everyone's going to start saying it is the Dark Souls of Dark Souls. If you if you yeah. sort of see what I mean, you know, and it's just, I can really see that happening in the future if they carry on down the same road that they're on. And even though I'm such a latecomer to the, the series, I love the series dearly and I really don't want to see it hit that particular point because I think if it does, then something very wrong has happened. Well, again, I think this should be the last piece of Dark Souls content. I mean, I, I really, really, I mean, I mm-hmm. I kind of personally believe that it's the last because I believe what they've been saying because, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, they're just saying that, but there's going to be more and they're negative on it. But I th- I really do think it's the last thing. And I think that's a good thing. Um, mm. I think it should move away. It's, it's yeah. a good time. But, you know, let's try something new. Yeah, I mean, if the worst comes to the worst, what you can do is just put Demon Souls on a continuous loop and then just print it to a disc and send every single copy to Richard. So, <laughs> so that's that's what you can do. Um, well, well, on that because we can only, we Richard had that comment earlier. I just want to mention that it's I can imagine it's hard to go back to Demon Souls at this point because there is an ease of life um, with the newer games. They play a lot smoother. Mm. But just it has to get credit for for where it stands as like and where what how this changed my mm. view on gaming and mm. changed my taste in gaming in a lot of ways. Um, Demon Souls is where it started, and and to think that it's been eight years now since it's come out, and look what we've got got in eight years time. Mm-hmm. That, that's a huge progression in in, in gaming. Um, mm. It's yeah, it, it's got to get credit for 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 what's come after mm. it. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, there there are lots of things in my life that I I often, if I say it's my favorite of a particular thing, I usually quantify that by saying it's the first one in its particular franchise, and therefore I love it so much because it gave me everything that came after it. So you know, it was without that one particular thing being the starting block, we wouldn't have had everything else that came after that. So I think it's it's very important to acknowledge and, and respect it for that. Yeah. Definitely. Um, do you want to take the next one, Vader? Yep, yep, yep. Uh, still with Mr. Richard. Mm-hmm. In the future, you all meet up for a weekend. What would you do as a group for the day? Uh, talk about video games. <laughs> I've thought about this one, and because I'm pretty sure that 1-2 Switch was pretty expensive for you, we'd actually all have to have a go on it so you actually get your money's worth. Yep. Yep. Because I'm pretty sure that cost you an arm and a leg to buy. So, well, it's not too bad. I ordered it from the UK shop. The New Ze- it's called New Zealand Gamer. It's based in the UK, mm. so it was it was, it was like thirty percent cheaper than if I bought it locally. Mm. It just took two weeks to get here. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I, I don't know. I'm sure we'd hang out. We'd would play for some video games together. I think locally, some couch co-op. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, talk about the weather talk about the yep. weather <laughs> yeah definitely yeah that would most certainly hey, happen hey uh, it's you know it's the same weather where we're all 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a first. Uh, I, I think it'll be. A, I think uh, Howard Free's over though, because it's a, it's going to be a, a huge effort to get us four all <laughs> one place. Definitely. Now I kind of want to see like a comedy skit of like talking about the weather when hell freezes over. Hmm. <laughs> there you go. Also, the, it would be today. it would be probably the only time ever where we'd actually all speak to each other on the same time zone. So, yep. which, which in itself would be quite interesting. Um, well, you know, stranger things have happened. We, it could happen. <laughs> we all could meet up. One of us could win the lotto and pay for each other to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. I believe the next one is for me. And I believe it is actually from uh, Sentinel underscore plus again. He said, "Are you able to do impressions of each other?" <laughs> and I have a, I've done an impression of Cliff before. I'm, I cannot do a New Zealand accent to save my life, and I definitely can't do Jeremy's accent. Definitely not. That's a very particular kind of American accent that I just I just can't nail. So, for me, it's probably a no. But <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not too good at impressions either. Yeah. Now, what about you, Sivash? Can you do impressions? <laughs> Uh, no. <laughs> no. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I, well, I did, I'm very conscious of that stuff sometimes. Just, oh, yeah, definitely. Hey, I, I don't want to come across and making fun of that person. But No, no, um, totally not. But I mean, obviously, the, if the person in question... Yeah, exactly. If the person in question knows well, that it's meant say, in like, jest. You just have to say y'all, right? If, if you're just, <laughs> true. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, oh, there you go. I guess I don't feel bad about it. Uh, doing impressions. He knows it's in jest. It's fine. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. I like how He's Cliff says uh, "I." I think that's a very specific British way of saying "I." That's uh, more. That's more of, of a I Scottish thing. I can't do thing. his impression. But, yeah. Oh, that's Scottish thing. Yeah, that's more of a Scottish yeah. thing. I just I employ it in in conversation because I I just quite like it. It's, so yeah. it's something I don't think yeah. it is. Or northern Northern England as well. My mum's a Geordie. She's from the northeast of England. That's why, man. Like, yeah, that's the one. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so it's the Scottish and North of England have the eye. Mm-hmm. Yes. Very good. Do you want to take the next one? Um, and I, before I do, I apologise. The last one wasn't from Rivatar. It was from um, Sinplus or Dave. Um, there was just lots of hash, um, at. Oh, it's was, probably just, yeah, that's my way of organising it, I think. <laughs> my bad. So apologies up. for that. Yeah. Um, another one from Sinplus. Um, I'm avoiding doing the dishes, <laughs> so that's why he's writing all the questions. But what games have you avoided, even though they were claimed to be good? Um, I've avoided quite a few recently, uh, mm. just because of time. I've got so much on my plate. Uh, uh, Resident Evil Seven is one, mm-hmm. and Horizon Zero Dawn. Zero Dawn is yeah. one for me. Yeah, I tend to get them every single year, um, just because the, I can't play absolutely everything. I mean, I avoided Battlefield One last year, um, even though I really wanted to play that. Um, I'm sure there'll be one this year that I've already skipped over. Or, well, I mean, I suppose you could consider Zelda, but then that also comes with things like, well, either way, I have to buy a console for it, whether it's a Wii U or a Switch, I have to buy a console for it, which I'm just, I'm not prepared to do, so um, yeah, so there's definitely something um, that always gets skipped, even though I know it's good and I'm happy that people enjoy it, but it's just it just has to be done sometimes um, 
Are you prone yeah. to that, Suvesh? Or I have avoided The Witcher Three. I think mean, that's the closest thing that comes to mind. Mm. Uh, just because of, I don't know, I'm very meh on it. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I keep hearing that it's uh, an excellent experience that you should definitely go through. But I don't know. I just I can't. The, the thing about like just going out from town to town doing quests or like talking to people over and over with long dialogue exposition is why I gave up on Skyrim mm. and just kind of looks like more of that and I did try the combat actually at a friend's place and I did not enjoy it oh, so, combat's utter yeah, balls so. it's terrible mm. uh, yeah, I don't it, think it, I'm gonna like it, it maybe someday in the fu- near far future like when, when I say oh, let, let me give it a go but yeah I'm just the, that said with the combat is better than it was originally so if you haven't tried okay. it recently they've, they've patched it and it does it does play a lot better now hmm. than it did when it first came out and there's now combat options you can actually change the foot mechanic of how combat works in the menu hmm. <laughs> which is interesting um but if you do play it, just just go through the main storyline. Forget the side stuff. It's so easy to get distracted with just hunting down new gear. You just don't need it. You can mm, finish yeah. the game. Um, the story is quite spectacular. Mm. Um, yeah. Right. Well, I believe is this the big one. Yeah, this is the one for you, oh. Suvesh. This is the one that you okay. expressed an interest in earlier. So. Oh, I did. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is uh, at Calabras Nito, big mm. Papa Nito. <laughs> Um, do you guys think that? Do you guys think that the undead merchants in Dark Souls One are a couple? If so, do you think she could have done better than him? Uh, first of all, and I'm going to sound like a nerd or a jerk about this, but if you've played Dark Souls One and you talk to the male undead merchant enough times, because you have to press talk on him multiple times, mm-hmm. you will know that he mentions his companion Yulia, who. And he taps it. That's right next to him. It's a bucket. True Dark Souls fans have been shipping the male under merchant and that bucket forever. Some people say it's his sword that he's calling Yulia, but I think it's the bucket. So okay. I don't, I don't know where you're coming from with this female under merchant and male under merchant shipping. That's all I have to say. The bucket, interesting. I've never heard the bucket theory before. Neither have yeah, I. Yeah, so confess. the male undead merchant who drops the Uchigatana if you kill him yeah. early. Yeah. Um, yeah, he talks about, you know, just the Lord Ran and things that have been happening. And, like, he taps on the bucket and is like, hey, Yulia, you know, calm down or whatever. Um, some people say it's a sword he's talking to, or some people say he's just lost his mind and he thinks someone's next to him. But it's just been a joke in Dark Souls fandom that. You know, he just really loves that bucket. <laughs> I, I've always assumed they were. Um, as my not reading into it too heavily, uh, is that they were were related. No, the female ended merchant loves moss. The male ended merchant loves his bucket. That's all it is. <laughs> Fair enough. That's an interesting. That's, funny. that's a very interesting theory that I must confess I've never heard before. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It is quite funny. Um, I have to go. I'm gonna have to go play it and see if I to see him tap the bucket. <laughs> oh dear! Um, <laughs> Dark Souls man, so many strange things in there. They are. Uh, it's, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> weird as hell. Um, Vader, do you want to take the next one? Yep. Uh, 
since you started recording, what's been your top three games in that time? Ooh, I'm, as everybody knows, probably, maybe not, I am terrible at making lists. Uh, <laughs> I like everything equally. Uh, so when did we start recording? Um, it was um, after Bloodborne. So I'm, assume, I'm going to say, I'm assuming he means like the actual the show in general, not just this very episode. You say because that's a short well, period of time, man. <laughs> that's a short <laughs> period of time. <laughs> like, come on, give me a chance. We've only talked well, about hey, three apparently games. Apparently, Half Life <laughs> Three came out. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. Um, it's I'd, I'd be Middle Gear Solid Five, uh, Dark Souls Three. And I can't remember what else has come out in that time. Uh, Neo. Breath of Neo. the Wild? Well, Breath of the Wild, yeah. True. Dang it. See, I'm terrible at lists. Please <laughs> um, too small a number. Yeah, I mean, for me, it would probably be Bloodborne, Titanfall 2. It wasn't out. Bloodborne Callum came out after, before we started. It was uh. Bloodborne that got me and Cliff connected. Ah, oh, bugger. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. Um, I might just have to cheat and put that one there anyway. All right, done. Yeah. DLC right. came out during recording. There you go. That, that's, that's what I'm going to use to quantify that. There yep. you go. So it's going to be Bloodborne, Titanfall 2, and probably... Maybe Doom, actually. Yeah, Doom is absolutely incredible. So, Sylvester time frame is about two years. We're roughly at two year mark. Hmm. Dang, it's been okay. two years. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to include Bloodborne because uh, I'll stick to the rules. Um, yeah, I'd say Dark Souls three, um, Dishonored two, and Breath of the Wild. I think. Cool. I, I've enjoyed Dishonored two, but I think I played it too quickly after the off the back of that Dishonored one because I got. Oh, I, got... I, I just I totally went through a Dishonored phase, and Josh, I'm sure you know all too well because you. Mm-hmm. Read my uh, long story of a comment. I did indeed, yeah. I did. Oh, yeah. So I went through a yeah. big dishonored phase, yeah. and I, I, I really love that game. It's yeah, awesome. yeah, it's, 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 yeah. It's really good. Um, mm. It's just I think that too many games came out soon after, and I smashed through Dishonored One to try and get to Dishonored Two, mm-hmm. and I just kind of I had enough of that style of gameplay yeah. at that yeah. point and moved that on. That can to happen else. for sure. Yeah, uh, it, it is a fantastic game. Played the. the the quality of life changes and Dishonored 2 are very good. Um, oh yeah, quick save. Oh, it's so good. Um, a, few, a few things like that are very cool. Um, but yeah, that's our answers. I cheated and had four, apparently. <laughs> uh, Josh. And then it's me. So this is Revatar again, bombarding oh, us. This guy needs to just this go time. away. <laughs> <laughs> it's all because he doesn't like Demon Souls, is what it is. Um, he said, if you could have any game on the Switch, what would it be? Demon Souls. There Demon you go. Souls. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's pretty much unanimous, really. Breath yeah. of the Wild. Oh, there you go, then. Well, <laughs> I think, well, at least one of us got what we wanted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You see, always same low, folks. I'm still hoping there's a From Software thing. Me, um, they're on the, the developer list. I'm still hoping for some, some cool From Software game. I, I love Demon Souls to bits, but I actually Dark Souls One is my favorite of the series, and I, I yep, really yep. want that game on the Switch. I, uh, it's my favorite sandbox game, at least out of all the Souls games. I, just the amount of things I can do and the various ways I can play that game. So just just the ability to just do that on the go. Oh man, I would love that. 
Actually, I kind of mentioned before we start recording, all the all the Zeldas on the Switch should be kind of handy on like a yeah. a collector's um, anthology kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It'd be fun. Uh, to be honest, something like the Final Fantasy series would be quite nice on there. Because um, that's why I found the Switch is so useful. Because I've mentioned this before, I, I'm not a handheld gamer because I don't commute to work. So I don't have a time to play like an excuse. But I'm actually surprised how varied my play style of the switches i'll play in bed i'll play i'll play while think like videos are rendering i'll play while like noctus and his buddies are driving across the map um, and so having a final fantasy type game would suit me because it's something you can just play on and off whenever hmm. um yeah yeah totally um and so rounding up his it's complete bombardment of questions this week. <laughs> Revital once more saying, if you had to sing a theme tune for the show, what song would it be and why? As it would probably... Oh, that's, that's, is that Sentinel Plus again or is that Revital? Because I've got both handles there. That's a good question. I don't know. Well, yeah, that's I just... probably like a thread that he replied to and then added questions, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Could be. Yeah. Either way, whichever one you lovely guys it is it would probably be um can't get enough of your love just because <laughs> i can't get enough of your love so you know just why not, uh, the, why not? uh the ducktales theme song because that's what's on my head right now good man <laughs> good man go sing it sing it blast in the past that is <laughs> okay, <no. laughs> that's a blast in the past um, that is I'm not a music guy, and so I just wouldn't know. I don't know. <laughs> I can't repeat. Actually, I can't actually sing or hum or whistle to a tune, so. Mm. Yeah. I think that's for others to decide. Yep. Hey, yep, very much for so. sure. Um, okay, uh, last but not least, we've got Lord Lord of the Likes, uh, Knight Twitten. Um my Anzac bro from across the ditch uh, congrats on reaching 50 oh thank you 50 you guys it's been mm-hmm. a wild ride and I can't wait to hit one, 100 listening to you mm-hmm. and it's very kind of you thank you very much appreciate the kind words most definitely cool. question if you could make an idea into a game film what would it be I've had this theory for a while that all ideas and, and movies have been made already and that's why we're just getting like live action remakes of cartoons now <laughs> yeah true <laughs> I'm not sure mm, what we could do is we could have like a, a flash browser game of uh, just Richard dipping magic cards in custard <laughs> 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 I reckon that'd be pretty good and the sequel can be a bunch of nerds beating him up. Exactly. <laughs> I reckon that'd be quite fun. <laughs> oh dear. Any idea, Suvash? I'm kind of blanking right now. I don't know. No. I don't think it'll get picked up. No. No. Well, that's like. Wh- so, Karen. That's a terrible answer. Sorry, um, Night Twitten. Uh, <laughs> we don't have any ideas. We're I just thought my idea was pretty yet. good. I thought my idea was pretty oh, yeah, good. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Fair enough. Yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, of the three of us, that one's probably going to get picked up. So mm, Probably. 
There's probably uh, someone out there listening who has the skills to actually make it into a game. Yeah, I expect so. Um, and the, now, now yeah. we've said it, I wouldn't put it past Richard to, to go learn programming to create it, just to wind more Magic Card players. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's actually not our last piece of feedback. I did forget, we did get a couple of messages as well. This one, I'm definitely sure, because it's right in front of me, is from Sentinel underscore plus. Because he sent us a couple of questions earlier in the week. Um, he said, question one, what is your favourite slash least favourite gaming genre and why? And I'd say mine, personally, is probably real-time strategy games. Um, that's my least favourite because I want to like them, but I can't because I'm shit at them. So, and that's probably my answer for that one. What about you guys? Uh, the same reason, but first-person shooters. <laughs> uh, just never been into it. I, like, I went through a phase, like maybe in college, uh, playing uh, Counter-Strike or um, things like that. Just, but man, I, mm. I couldn't care less about them these days. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, me, I, I generally I'm with you. We actually had a question we didn't get around answering a few probably a month or two ago. That was what's your least favorite genre but that you still like a game of and mm. so this my answer to both this question and that question would be um first person shooters and bad company battlefield bad company too mm, um, yeah, mm. um, yeah though, though with like first person shooters i i do like when you know i've like dabbled in a few maybe since then but i like, can never get into them because i'm never good but like I love when they show something new you can do with the genre too, uh, yep. and I've been hearing that Titanfall Two does that uh, a little yes. bit. Um, mm. And yeah. um, it does. And like that's what I, that's what I felt when I played Portal for the first time, right? It's like it's mm-hmm. got all the trappings of a first-person shooter, but you're doing none of the bullshit. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so but probably more so than that would be rhythm games. Because I ain't got I... no rhythm. <laughs> oh. Again, yeah. went through a DDR phase too in college, but yeah, mm. you just you know with those things you just tend to find people that are just unbelievably good, and you're like you question your life, and then you just give it up. Mm. Oh, dude, man! Well, I was in Japan going at the arcades, so those villain <laughs> games were nuts. They 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 were moving fast as lightning. The some of those guys playing the the wow. rhythm games, it was mental. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, so question two: If you could change one thing about your favorite game, what would it be? And I've thought about this one just literally on the fly. My favorite game of all time is Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation One. If I could change one thing about it, it would be that it contained a Men in Black style neuralizer, so that every time I finished it, I instantly forgot about it, so that I could just relive that experience over and over. That would be bliss. Thank you very much, because that's one thing I, feel, I genuinely can't have. But mm. I want that same thing for Dark Souls One. Mm. Yeah, mm. <laughs> that was Definitely. my first. I mean, entry into this whole series, and that's my favorite game of all time. So, mm. so exactly, I just same answer. Yeah, I think maybe. Yeah, can't argue with that one. I thought they made me get Solid One perfect with the remake. <laughs> Twin Snakes remake. Twin Snakes, the best game ever made. The best game ever made. It, 
it's actually funny this has been like a full circle in this podcast because we we're talking about jeremy at the beginning and don't give up skeleton and we're back at it um his most recent guest chris um that was his most useless superhero power that he would want was uh, ability to forget playing playing video games or playing or experiencing media so you can mm. relive them mm. um so yeah. yeah definitely um so in the very very last bit of feedback we got so i just wanted to make sure this definitely got in there it was weird um got a message during the week from uh nikki at lost panda didn't we concerning the uh the dark souls pvp she said my question for this week I challenge you guys to Dark Souls 3 PvP death matches 1v1 fight me nerds <laughs> lots of love I... you're the best Nikki well I'll fight her <laughs> I've got I've got an all spam weapon and I've got um a pretty good great sword that I've I've been having good luck with so I actually don't know what I'm getting into she's probably like gonna kick my ass but Oh, I should kick my ass. I've I've never I've <laughs> barely even touched any PvP in Dark Souls at but all. But here's so. the again, here's the trick to Dark Souls three PvP. Just spam R one. <laughs> <laughs> Pro tip. Yeah. Yep. There's no yeah. poise. There's no poise. You can unlock everyone to death. <laughs> yeah, see I, I really want to make this happen. I really want to do a like a Nikki challenge. I reckon that'd be quite good. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon that'd be quite fun. Like uh, deathmatch, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we'll try and make that happen, Nikki. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Just want to make sure that uh, that message got in there, because that is definitely all the feedback done and dusted. Thank you, each and every single one of you, for for getting in contact. That was a stellar lineup of questions this week. So you really did us proud. So thank you very much for that. Um, and I think that about rounds us up, chaps, doesn't it? This is anything yep. else you wanted to mention? <sighs> right then. So that's all said and done, and uh, yeah, I think we're we're all good to end the show now. So, yeah. Suvesh, thank you very much for coming on. It's been an absolute no pleasure. Great pleasure, and I'm I'm very honoured. You... <laughs> no, no, the, no, the honour the honour was all ours because you really, right. to be fair, you really did us a favour by sort of stepping up and offering to the guest on the show because otherwise, for honour, another game I didn't play. Very true, <laughs> very true. Um, but so yeah, it would have just been me and Vader otherwise. So thank you very much for actually stepping up and uh, yeah, and guesting. We really appreciate it. Um, so yeah, th- thank you everyone uh, for listening and sending in your feedback. You know, if you like what you hear, um, please sort of seek us out on. You know, you can find us on darkinsight.net. You can find the podcast on there. We're on iTunes and pretty much every sort of podcast app. I think now. So you know. They've, if you want to just sort of hit the, the subscribe button, if you want to leave us a, you know, a little rate and review, that would be very splendid of you to do so. Um, Vader, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, VaderVanOden.com. You can get to all my random places from there. Oh, you finally got it sorted then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fancy. Yeah, lovely. Um, Suvesh, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, I mean, my Twitter account is MrCreffrey86. I don't really post too much on there. Uh, it's just really a, a means for me to kind of stay in touch with the community or follow oh, that's uh, cool. the news and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you can follow me there. Um, don't really expect any updates, but um, yeah. No, well, I mean, if that's the sole purpose, we've got a stellar community surrounding us, so yeah. you know, you know, you're a very valued member of it, so you know, it's all good. Um, 
yeah, so if you want to find me, that you can find me on Twitter at morbidbeard. Um, so I, just, I generally just sort of rant about music and games and whatever random thoughts happen to pop into my head about whatever I'm doing at the time. So yeah, so, um, thank you very much for listening, and uh, we will see you next week for another episode. And say see you later. Bye bye.